What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Game Over Greggy Show. I am one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the producer slash seducer, Nick Scarpino. Hey, Greg. Hey, how you doing? I'm well. How was that ice you were chewing on? That was really good. Yeah? Do you ever refill the ice in our house? Uh, I do. All okay. The time. I, I, I'm not, it wasn't me judging. I just rarely use it, so I don't even know. No, no, no. Yeah, I do all the time. All right, good. Thanks. You're a good, you're a good bro. He's an ice I, guy. I, I, well, I'm trying to be respectful of everything you guys have. It is someone's house. You do have other people that live here that yeah. don't. Uh, take part in the madness that is our daily lives. Kind of so, like when I, you're like, oh, I used up all the coffee pods, and then I'll text you like, bring a coffee to me for me tomorrow. Not the pods, just a cup of coffee because I know you're going to Starbucks. Yeah. And then you get here without my Starbucks because you text me right after I left. And you know what? Sometimes it's really a pain in the ass to find parking at Starbucks, and I don't value our friendship that much. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. As somebody's admitting what's really happening, mm-hmm. yeah. I bring you Starbucks. You know, get on with the thing. Over here, the Pier One, Tim Gettys. Hello. No, let Tim host. No, no, I no. fucked up with this whole intro thing. I went to go hit the table. I'm like, that's not yet. You're rusty. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. It's a long weekend. Game of Thrones last night. Yeah. Thing. yeah. A lot of Daredevil. And then, right here, the one and only Lauren Lanning. Creator right. of Odd World. You Thanks did. For me, guys. You survived Colin and Greg Live today. Of course, Colin over in Iceland, coming home soon. You survived it and you didn't leave. You, you ate some Thai food. You hung out. You're ready to talk about whatever we talk about. I'm here. I'm with you. you excited? Thanks for having me. No, my God, please. Thank yeah, you so no, much for I hanging out. You guys are great. I also okay. like your glasses a lot. Oh, I didn't comment much. on Greg, Colin and Greg Live. There's a lot of things happening. These are nice glasses. I, I found I found a new place to get my glasses. Uh, Lens crafters. It's a, no, it's the car wash on uh, in Berkeley. <laughs> really? And they now have the glasses that suit me. Yeah. There you go. You should do a commercial for them. You might be one of the most fascinating people we've ever had in this house. Like sitting there out it's there been eating a lunch. House, huh? No, man, it's been a, no. I mean, we Greg got some stories. This was Colin, so that's 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 a high standard. No, we literally. I mean, for those people that can't watch us have lunch every day, we were talking to you for about an hour, and it just flies by because you have fantastic stories that you're probably not allowed to say on this podcast. <laughs> There's a few of them, for which sure, is okay. Yeah. But yeah, that's we were really excited. It literally was to a point where Kevin kept tapping us on the shoulder, like, "Hey, you guys have to start the podcast now." Because I'm like, I could listen to this guy talk. And Nick's for like, "Damn it, Kevin, I feed you. I'll tell you when we start. The I'll show. tell you what shirt and underwear to wear combination." I don't know why I said that. Underoos. If you didn't know, the Game Over Greggy show is simple. Each and every week, four, sometimes five, best friends gather on this table. Each bring a random topic of discussion for your amusement. If you like that, you can get everything early over on Patreon.com slash KindOfFunny each and every Friday. But if you don't want to give us any money, it's no big deal. You can wait for the next week. Starting that Monday, every topic goes up topic by topic, day by day on YouTube.com slash KindOfFunny until the entire show posts for free on Friday as a video and, of course, a podcast on podcast services around the globe. Yes. I felt really good about that one. I've been stumbling because I've, yeah, I've gone to vacation. I'd come back. Colin's here. He's gone. I don't know what's happening. That one I got <laughs> Colin's all Colin's here. He's gone. <laughs> that one I just nailed. Like, I ripped the skin off the ball. That was good. Style. That was good. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. nice. um, Lauren. Yes. The tradition here is that the guest goes first with their topic. Oh! But when we were talking out there, you decided to ape Kenny Char's topic. From one of the from the Patreon. Of course, you go to Patreon. You can support us. Get your topic read right on the show. And Kenny's Char's to- Kenny Char. Kenny's Char. Yeah. That would be a good if I had a barbecue restaurant and I was Kenny's named Char. Kenny. That'd be awesome. <laughs> right? That's Kenny's a good one. Char. Kenny, hey, there go you go. Kenny's Char. It's like yeah. Carl's Jr. Carl's Jr. That's not a. <laughs> Let's just keep saying Which it. Which is concerning. Carl's. Charles Jr. Jr. Not a ringing endorsement of Kenny's Char. Anyways, Kenny Char, <laughs> for his Patreon topic, said, What were the best movie sequels ever made? Then he gives this caveat. Not including Empire Strikes Back or Godfather Part 2. You gotta not make it easy on us. Because those would be the ones we talk about. Well, obviously, because those, yeah. those are the good ones. Right? The so There's good some ones, other yeah. good ones, though. Back to the Future 2. Aliens. Back to the Future 2 was now, great. Here, Aliens. Here, here's James the one. Is Back to the Future... T- now, I'm I'm willing to have an adult conversation. I don't have... I haven't thought this through. Okay. Is Back to the Future 2 the better movie? No. I Here's the thing. As a child, 
very much so did I think I love the f- I, the future I could get behind. The past was boring. Right? Mm-hmm. But being a grown-up seeing these movies, you're like, well, I think Back to the Future 1 was a bit better. That You know, we're not yeah. selling Pizza Hut product placement in the next one. You know what I mean? That was like the turnaround point. You know what I say? I think it was all it was all tricks before. I think our kid eyes yeah. were just happy with a flying car and a flying hover. So it's like Ninja Turtles, where it's like now you look back and like the first one was definitely better, but when you were a kid, the second one was definitely better. It had the, vanilla ice. It did have vanilla ice. It's, it's it had the the Bebop and Rocksteady knockoffs. Yeah, whatever the hell the names Gora, were. Gora or something. Resnor. Resnor. Who knows? <laughs> so, I, do, Nick, do you have anything to say about? Back I mean, to I Future think one versus two. Back to the Future One is a classic. Back to the Future Two was uh, great. And I w- I'm with you. When I was a kid, I loved the hoverboard sequence. I was like, I want a hoverboard. This is the better movie. Yeah. This is awesome. <laughs> I mean, no. It was I mean, cooler. It was a our, cooler. My parents' generation was the generation he goes back to. Because mm-hmm. I was, when that movie was made, I think it was five years old. So my parents actually grew up probably during that time period. Maybe a little later in that time period, actually. Um, You've heard the disturbing fact, and it's, now it's already passed, that if they did Back to the Future now in present day or whatever, they'd be going back to like 1985 or whatever. Like that's how oh, old God, we are and how old that it's movie is. Yeah, oh, right? It's like, oh yeah. my God. Which um, they should do. They should just reboot yeah, Back to Future and do that. That'd be hilarious. They <laughs> go back to 85. <laughs> <laughs> they go back to 85 and we're all like, that'd be actually be a blast. But um, no, I mean, the second movie was good. And and it's funny because my wife actually was one of the ones that brought it to my attention. She was like, you know, the first one's better, right? And I'm like, no way. The second one had this and this and this and Biff was in the future and all this stuff. And then you, you watch them back to back and you're like, oh, you know oh, what? Yeah, it yeah. actually has a lot more heart. It is the original. Um, similar to how the Fast and Furious, the first Fast and Furious movie is the better Fast and Furious. I hate you so much. The- no, no jokes though. Like good sequels, Fast 5, 6, and 7. Like they, no, I, I mean, they, say, okay, we can't put them in the same league as the other movies we're talking about. No, but I would say, no, but those were good um, sequels. Uh, sequels, they were. They were, they were sequels that were actually better i would imagine i would actually i would i will go out there and say that they're better than the first i like the first one i rank it higher just because i love it but nobody they're... likes this tuna fish sandwich <laughs> they fought that was back that was that was fast that was number one, one. That yeah was that was it. One. that's all they did yeah nobody likes this tuna fish sandwich the tuna fish nobody likes the tuna. you remember this scene. nobody likes the tuna you remember that this? when they get in the first time they get you never even seen it you've never even seen what if nick it. had never seen a fast and furious movie just number one like all he this... just picked up a tokyo <laughs> drift and like yeah hilarious um no those movies actually are better because they got significantly better because they got more budget and they got more clout and so they attracted bigger stars so by the time you get to five you got the rock yeah like okay that well that's awesome and they're crazy good someone just made a a graph like a chart of all the movies of how fast versus furious each one is it's genius that was the vin diesel yeah it's like fast counts as any time they're in a car or in any uh in a car plane or train or jumping off of one of those things right and furious is when people are fighting or there's melodrama (laughs) it's It's great as you go it just gets it gets uh more furious no it gets more like evened out yeah yeah but both are way higher it's great. Um, of course, the 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 one that's most debated is Aliens, because everyone that's a, that's a split camp for me. Where like you go back and you watch the, the original Ridley Scott Alien, and it is a it's a different type of movie for it. It's for an example. amazing movie. It's a, it's a horror. You're talking about a horror thriller, a sci-fi horror thriller movie versus an action, versus an action genre yeah. movie, which is the second one, which is why everyone that watches it similar to Back to the Future, which you watch that and it has all the elements of a movie that you love because it's action. It's got the, the Colonial Marines, it's got the cool tech and all the weapons and stuff like that, and it's, it's about teams getting with a Um 
totally different movie though than the first one. Yeah. First one is very much about that psychological horror mm-hmm. of being trapped in an enclosed environment with mm-hmm. this thing that is fucking picking you off one by one and there's nothing you can do to stop it except for blow up the ship. Like that is the only <laughs> thing you can do, right? Yeah. Which hilarious hilariously enough is the only thing they can do in the second one as well is blow up the entire planet. Um Spoilers, goddamn. Oh yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure. It's on my queue right after Daredevil. Once I get through this Daredevil. If you've never seen Aliens, we're stopping the podcast right now. Yeah, you need to see Aliens. Um, And then Aliens Three was actually Fincher. Yeah. So what happened? Well, it was his first picture, I guess. Well, it was his first picture, and now he also (laughs) he didn't finish it. Apparently, is the is the story? He got fired. No, they ran out of budget. Ah. And they were like, so all the effects, a lot of the effects you say you see for the alien are actually unfinished effects. Really? It's like running around. That's what I read something online about The guy in the suit, the guy that. in the dog suit. Some BuzzFeed um, thing. Yeah. Things <laughs> you didn't know, like the one article Nick read. It's, no, I mean, I, you, I, I got to be careful quoting stuff like that because sometimes you'll read stuff on boards or like, or someone will tweet something at you. You're like, I don't know. About you're just taking it from real. the Alien 3 subreddit, like the post. <laughs> Fisher didn't uh, finish the film. No, but that was a, that oh. movie was, God, that was so devastating when that movie yeah. started because they killed off Hicks and you're like why why wouldn't you just it's Hicks you wanted to see more Ripley and Hicks like and Newt for all intents and purposes because you know eventually she was going to grow up and stop saying stupid shit um, <laughs> but yeah that was just a weird direction to go did you see the uh, the tests they had uh, Neil Blomkamp did with uh, no. Michael Bean no so th- I, I don't know why he did it I think it's for the new alien that he's working on yeah but um, I don't know if it's an alternate timeline thing or not. I have to read up on it a little bit. But they have makeup tests of him now with the burn face. Well, oh, remember nice. they're uh, they're blinking nice. out three. Yeah. Oh, so it, is it a picks up from aliens. Yeah. And then so there's like none of that other shit happened. So they're basically. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which I love. What a yeah, great yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. Just to retcon it. Who cares? Fuck it. Which is actually pretty fascinating if you think about it. Because technically speaking, they could have been floating in space for that long, and they would have aged. You know what I mean? Unless they were in like, cryogenic sleep. Well, they were. They would have. You, your body would still age, right? In cryogenics, like you would still. No. Well, because they were in sleep chambers, right? Like they were yeah. when an alien. No, you're you're frozen. Kevin, you're frozen time. In space for like four, oh right, and she was still thirty. That's right. Yeah. So I well, it took that them right. that many years to get there. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that was cool to see Hicks to see Michael Bean like, you know, half his face melted off. It's still on the pads, like the badass, like Colonial Marine. Because dude, when I was a kid, I would get. I, I tell this story all the time, but I'll tell it again because it's. I love it. My dad got used to get pissed at me because I would take all of his PVC pipe and cut <laughs> it up with all of his duct tape. All this expensive duct tape and like electrical tape that he'd gone and bought in Home Depot. My brother and I would saw it all uh, up, and we'd make the pulse rifle, <laughs> and then we'd also make the smart gun. Yeah, like, and the smart gun was like, you're talking a shitload of fucking. Like, it's, like, it's enough to like do an entire backyard with sprinkler <laughs> systems. And my dad would be like, "Who the fuck keeps using?" Oh, my dad is. Was it fuck. really that hard for him to figure out? <laughs> no, because we'd be running around, kids like, running around playing alien, <laughs> running around like, with duct tape on our shoulders, <laughs> duct tapes on our head, and yeah, shit yeah. like that. It was, you know. That was fun. I mean, that was one of those movies where I don't think I appreciated Alien until yeah. later in life. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is fucking slow. It doesn't, there's no cool guns and stuff. That's and how I feel back about Back to the Future. It was the same way. Yeah. Of like the original Back to the Future, I remember watching, you, just, I, you know, as a what six-year-old, seven-year-old, eight-year-old, you can't connect with like what's happening in no. the 50s. Well, no. it's, it was one of the things that's, ama- one of the things yeah, that's amazing about the Back to the Future, if I'm not mistaken, it was the first time they shot two movies together. They shot... Back to the Future 2 and 3 together. Right. And so they were shooting on the same sets at the same time, which was uh, – so they were already planning on the success of 2 yeah. to shoot well, 3, I think, right? I think, and I think that was the first time they did that. They were do- – I think if I remember correctly, or if I'm, if I'm right about this, they were – originally 3 was supposed to be part of 2. Hmm. It was supposed to be the, the middle act of 2. They were supposed to accidentally really? go back to the West. Yeah. And what I think somewhere along the line they were like – 
there's actually enough material here to make a third movie. Hmm. And so it to got make the definitive Back to the Future movie. <laughs> Which, I mean, talk about being able to relate to a time period. Yeah. <laughs> the Wild West, I'll tell you right now. I fucking wish I lived there. Oh I love dysentery. Um, <laughs> Run for fun! That's, from back, that's a deep cut from Back to the Future 3, everybody. Um, but yeah, that was one of those things. I mean, they did a lot of cool stuff. That was a, You're talking... Yeah. That's, that's what the 80s were so cool about, man. Like... You don't have CG back then. They had to do. Yeah. They, they, they tell Zemeckis tells a story of when he was when they were doing two about how they had the dinner set right, and so you'd have to make sure you had a motion controlled camera that would shoot you here, then you here, then mm-hmm. you here, and everything had to be like glued down because if someone screwed it up, all of a sudden in the split cut it would be like mm-hmm. like off like half cut mm-hmm. and stuff because it was just rotoed out. You're talking about like mm-hmm. you know and people having to cross over was that. I mean that's that's like a team of people that have to work. I just screwed it up for them. Yeah, yeah like yeah. oh shit now uh, slowly back, back out of the frame. Yeah, um, so that was all really cool stuff and cutting yeah. edge at the time. You go back and look at it now. It's whatever. But uh, let me ask you this question. Sure, lay it on. What was the coolest piece of tech? That you can remember from Back to the Future 2. Hoverboard. Not the hoverboard. No, it's the garbage disposal engine. That was pretty amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Mr. Fusion. The thing that, that t- pops <laughs> That's out right. to me. Uh, what can I say, mine, or you want to answer your own question? <laughs> I thought you already said it. You and then you said not hoverboard. Uh, what and is I went, no, the, the pizza. Yes. Yeah. Hi- yes. Nobody hydrates a pizza like, like you, you, Grandma. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Can you, I, you could imagine how great that would be. Yeah. To have pizza like delivery, but at home. <laughs> In a second, that's where genius. is that technology? I want pizza that's not delivery, but tastes and looks like it. Well, they're delivering by drone Zorno. now in the Ukraine. Drones are delivering pizza in the Ukraine now. Uh, drones are going to be everywhere. So. Yeah, <laughs> we'll fly it in because yeah. maybe we shouldn't be driving. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think you know what? flying it in, we're safer from the we'll shelling. Be, we'll be safer if we bring it in that way. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, yeah. but why are sequels sucky? You know, you can up it a little bit because you're always chasing like the ghost, right? Of the original thing, red. Yeah, and they're uninspired. So what they have is they have they have a brand that they need to make money on, and they have a we need next Christmas or next summer. We're gonna need another big sure. one in two summers, and we don't have that, but we know Transformers, you know, a property that keeps on going. So write a script and let's have that movie done by summer. Right now you have totally uninspired, driven by the need for to have a movie rather than the need for a creator to make a movie right. which is an entirely different passion well this is like what you're talking about with Colin and your live today right where it's like once you get this board of directors above you they're the ones dictating what's happening right you're no longer yeah, absolutely. creating for yourself absolutely is that I mean is that why you, you don't really make sequels you, you you exist in this odd world world but you keep <laughs> where doing all different kind of sequels, things yeah. Yeah, yeah. well that was the idea you know yeah. I, I was actually I, I realized in games that uh so I had come from Hollywood. We had come from filmmaking. I was at Rhythm and Hughes. I was doing CG. We were, you know, working on movies, and and I'm trying to figure out where to where to tell stories and where to own stories. And I and, and I learned uh, that the game industry didn't believe in sequels. Now, if you go back to the early '90s and you go, no, they if you talk to a publisher and you say, I want to build this thing and, and it'll have sequels. You know, it's a property. They'd be like. Yeah, you know, maybe Miyamoto can get away with that yeah, occasionally. Yeah, yeah. But really, sequels only sell 50% of the original, so we don't we don't back it. And you were like, oh my God. To me, that was like Lucas's 1976 moment with Fox where they go, we just don't value licensing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, like Tony Montana. This <laughs> town's just waiting to get, you know. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> and, and so that's how we started off with it's all about the IP because we were like, well, no kidding. It's not really about the IP in games yet because you're not investing in emotionally compelling characters, right? right? right. You, just, you just got characters that are the reason for canceling other characters. Yeah. yeah. You know, but uh, 
they didn't understand SQL. So in gaming, I was like, wow, how do we, how do we create you know a, a property like Star Wars ish where you know you know the brand as soon as you see it, sure. Hanna Barbera, Looney Tunes, whatever it may be. The Muppets was a big inspiration, and then be able to uh, create new content that's not necessarily a sequel, but at least has the brand familiarity. Right. And so that's what we were trying to do. And in the course of it, you could say it was sequels or not sequels. The truth is, Abe's Exodus was a sequel because I wasn't planning on doing it. We did so good with with Abe's Odyssey that they said next nine months we need another one. Right. And that's your sequel. And we're like, ah, I don't want to do it on that <laughs> yeah. engine. They're like, do it. And uh, <laughs> you know, and you, you know, have you have a partner, money, and you got to be a good, good partner. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so, but. Yeah, the industry did. I mean, that's amazing, right? You go back 20 years and the industry didn't believe in sequels. Now, what is it? It's a completely oh, sequel driven sequels. industry. All sequels. Yeah. yeah, you got yeah. you got a little bit of an IP and let's just milk that damn thing until it's yeah. dead. Yeah. And then let's <laughs> place it in China because they're the ones that are paying for it and don't speak badly about the Chinese ever. Um, no, I mean, the, that's what's crazy. You follow like what they just did with Transformers, right? Mm-hmm. Where, I mean, that is a Transformers is a movie franchise that's made to be like multiple films. Like, you have that, yeah. you're like, okay, we're going to make 40 of these. Just greenlit 20 of them, let's go. But now they go, you know, they got in the hot water with the Chinese because they were the ones that funded most of it, and they didn't show the hotel they were supposed to show. They didn't show the building they were supposed to show. Like, they, they fucked up, so they had to make goods, go back, reshoot stuff, make sure, like, the CG was different, things like that. Um, so, it, I mean, it's a, it's a crazy world that we live out there, but that's that's kind of always the way it's been. I mean, I, I can't blame people. If we had a, a successful product, I would want to keep making that because mm-hmm. it's easier to – iterate than it is to create right? absolutely yeah um iterate than innovate yeah, yeah innovate that's what i thank you that's the, the mm-hmm. turn of phrase i was looking for um let me just correct you thank you yeah. <laughs> you're innovating <laughs> you are the, you are the intellect um <laughs> but yeah i mean I, I don't know i think that i like where we're at now where sequels aren't necessarily uh uh just shitty ripoffs of the movie that came before it now what we're seeing is sort of sagas where we're seeing like you know, especially with Marvel, where it's all building. They're all sequels, yes, and we're getting still Captain America 2, which are like, do we really need that? But it's building toward a bigger story that they're trying mm-hmm. to tell, and I can appreciate that because this hasn't been done before. Well, that was brilliant. Yeah, well, now it's done everywhere. Yeah. Like, you can't just do one sequel. It needs to be this universe. universe. You have your own universe. Like, great Ghostbusters universe. Great Spider-Man universe. Right. Great X-Men. Like, it's, there's just so many universes. Well, universe it, But then you have, when they do do a standalone story that, yeah, it builds into the universe, but it doesn't necessarily build into the, it doesn't need to build into a main story thread, like the Wolverine. You have a little more freedom. You, then you can tell that side story because you've, you've, we know all these characters, right? You don't feel the need, like, the part of the problem with the original IP is you have to kind of tell the backstory every time you do yeah. anything, right? You yeah. have to get those audience members mm-hmm. invested in that character mm-hmm. and the best way to do that is well, let's tell people some shit about this guy why mm-hmm. is he flawed what's his journey mm-hmm. what's he trying to accomplish you know and or what are you trying to accomplish through him right he's the vehicle for that he or she is the vehicle for that that'd be cool I gotcha I hear you that's um, but yeah that's what's, what's fun now is like I was telling Greg about Daredevil we watched that and I was like I don't need a Daredevil origin story dude I get it he's got but a but you're getting it you know what I mean like if but they're getting it. We're getting it in sort of a way, a that, cool way, that a different way. It's a different way. It's a cool way. It's also a way that kind of builds into a bigger universe, right. where he is a byproduct of what happened in Avengers. He, because the city was destroyed, left it sort of like there are these bigger crime syndicates that could just kind of have free reign, and he doesn't think that's okay. Yeah. So he's going to come in and do something about it. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I forgot how Spider Man got his powers, so I hope that they like go of that again when he comes to the Avengers. They already said they're Spider-Man? not going to. Right, so don't worry. He's about the one it. that got. I'm not to, worried. I'm, I'm concerned. He's the one from Krypton, or Spider Tron. Mm. 
What was Spider-Tron? Spider-Tron. Spider-Tron, yeah, yeah. Spider-Tron? Yeah. That's the name of the planet yeah. he's from? A good movie, a good sequel <laughs> to Kenny Char's real question, Spider-Man yeah. 2. Yeah. Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2 was better than the original Spider-Man, Sam Raimi. Yes. Which one was the one? And I hear that That's the original. will save us. I'm not gonna stand here and wait. Every um, podcast, I don't know if you noticed that I do. That I'm watching, watching. I try watching to get. <laughs> I have this little game I play in my brain of how quickly can I get Greg to sing a song with me. Oh, it's and it happens. Yeah, instantaneously. <laughs> I got time. the I got the musical urge. There's nothing you do have the urge. Stop. Can't be splurge. Dark Knight's an easy answer too. Oh, uh, that's a really good answer. Yeah. Dark Knight. Yeah. yeah. That is not even a sequel. That's yeah, it just is. Like a, but it is. I mean, it is. But it's like, dude, come, come, just. Come correct. Son. I feel like, <laughs> yeah, come fi- come fix this train wreck for us he, that we've he, like ran into the ground with that. What was that last one? Dark Knight Rises. No, the the, oh, the oh, one before the Dark Knight. Oh, yeah, the Batman Joel Schumacher. Robin, like, Robin, yeah. what was that? That was like yeah. the, the art direction was almost as bad as Speed Racer, which is what untoppable. I love Speed Racer. Right. So the art direction. So you know, it's probably the movie. Made, yeah. One. Yeah, I love that shit. You're a child. Yeah, <laughs> you were a child. Dude, it was fucking. Yeah. No, I wasn't a child. It was so awesome. obviously, you're not the art director. No, yeah, well, I don't know. See, that's Wait, okay. What? That's okay. What? You can enjoy the movie, but it had the worst art direction on the planet in the history of film, actually. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was cool. Yeah. In the history <laughs> I it was of really film. cool. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I like. No, that. I mean, if you tried to art direct something worse, you couldn't. Uh, you can't. I don't succeed. know, man. It's I'm, I'm pretty wait, sure. Wait, I, it's, it's so I, I mean, I agree with you, but I, I want to hear why that is the case from your brain, from a person who has has made that his career. <laughs> well, I mean, just the. I mean the 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 idea of uh, like Burning Man color scheme for general fashion and, and outlook like actually works at Burning Man, but not in a futuristic scene. Right. So every color palette possible is thrown at every scene. It's so gaudy, right? It's like looking at, you know. There are cool-looking lowriders, and then there are tasteless-looking lowriders mm-hmm. in paint shops, right? It's like the, in the tasteless class. Yeah. So every scene, if you go back and you look at it, this, the depth, the atmosphere, the color schemes, the believability of the green screen, the compositing, all these things, they're just not there. We were watching it like, how could these guys ever have been involved with Matrix? Yeah. How could that have happened? And then they release that clusterfuck of color and light up there right which is just i, I mean, like that though it terrifying. felt different like it felt like that well, it was yeah. such a unique experience it literally was like an explosion of colors it felt like a cartoon but with real people more so than a lot of the other like when they try to do that it just wasn't how i received it okay <laughs> you know it was an explosion of colors yeah it definitely was <laughs> i mean everything's relative right i mean yeah. his experience is gonna be different because you're in yeah. different places in your life with different experiences coming into it tim i think does I could see why you would like that movie because that was the choice. It was a choice to make something that was so over the top, like basically like 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 a visual. It was LSD a YouTube trip, thumbnail. Right? The movie like, that was the whole point. <laughs> but 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 those are good. Yes. <laughs> right. Fair enough. Like um, you know, I mean, that was like what was it? What what was the uh, movie in the afterlife where? where uh, uh, oh, in Beetlejuice. No, no. Uh, 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 Williams. Uh, oh, um, oh, the Robert beautiful. Williams. What dreams may come. I yep. think it was no, it wasn't that because was it? What yeah. dreams, dreams may yeah, come. Yeah, okay, yeah. like that was like an acid trip, right? Yeah. Everything's actually moving. Yeah. I mean, not that I would ever know, but I've heard. No, yeah, and it looked just like it, you know. But it looked just like it. Whereas, like Speed Racer was like a bad meth trip or something. You know? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that was my issue a lot with with Transformers too. Was like I had a designer uh, put it in context for me. I was like, what don't I? I couldn't pinpoint why I didn't like the uh, design of the actual Transformers. Yeah. Because in the old school, you remember the old school Transformers were just 
boxes basically because <laughs> they had to be because they had to animate mm-hmm. them in such a way that it was quick because the toys efficient. really and it's and yeah well they everything was economical about it yeah. it was a very economical workflow and a very economical way to make toys um so you get to these new transformers and i was like what is it that i'm having a problem with and one of my designers at ig well, was like racist no, no they're not racist greg no, oh, there's not, robot the, heaven not everything is racist <laughs> and maybe robots do have a heaven they were they were sentient life life forms no he said there's no no place for your eye to rest and he's like in design yeah, that's right you have to design things so that there's a place for your eye to sort of that draws your eye that we can rest on and that way you're not constantly trying to find uh, like your brain's not trying to unscramble mm-hmm. what this mass of shit is in front of you which is kind of like his directing in general Brad's 100% yeah. like that. Although I won't yeah. speak badly of the man himself because I'm terrified of him. Uh, of, uh, of, of, man, of Michael of Bay. Michael Bay? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. He's, he hears stories about that guy. You're like, yeah. I don't ever want to work with him. But No, no, no. Uh, it's funny because I was talking a bunch in front of people and he'll, just, he'll walk away. <laughs> oh, that poor guy. <laughs> I, was, I was out at, uh, at Singapore uh, at, at FZD, the Feng Zhu School of Design. He designed the some of the Transformers for... Michael Bay in the first mm-hmm. movie or two. Mm-hmm. And he goes, yeah, it was really cool. You know, Michael Bay's calling me on Sunday to work on the shit. And he goes, it's not so cool the fourth time he's calling on fucking Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fang is a great designer, you know. But anyway, yeah, that's totally right on. Where do you look? And it's, it's similar with the pacing. You know, like yeah. if, you saw, if you saw the Legos movie, right? The kids love it, but there's zero pacing. It starts off at 6,000 RPMs and it ends at about 7,000 RPMs and it never slows down. That anything. was... You know, it's just... Right? There's no yeah. pace so it's totally a riddle in generation focus. I, I watched that film after everyone that I know saw that saw it said it was fantastic. I would love it. <laughs> and you just pinpointed why I didn't like it. And yeah. I, I couldn't put it into words until you just... Yeah. I couldn't put it better myself. Tim and I argued about it. They didn't argue. We had a discussion of why you liked it versus With why I didn't, I didn't like it. <laughs> and I think that was it. Was it... Yeah. It was... It was tailored toward people that don't necessarily have my uh, older attention span. Yeah. I'm trying, to not to, I'm trying not to insult you, Tim. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I, the movie has issues, and, like, pacing is one of the issues. Yeah. yeah. And also, like, a lot of it is just, here's references to things you like. Yeah. Here's but, more references, but it's like, I like references. And the song is awesome. Everything yeah. is awesome. <laughs> that was just like everyone yeah. singing. Thank God. Too. I love when songs get really popular because I like hearing them over and over and over and over again <laughs> on everything. I especially yeah. liked when they did it like in the Academy Awards and you're like, what is this head trip dance number they're doing to this song right now? <laughs> Which was freaky deaky. Um, yeah, it's interesting to watch the you, – you bring up the, the Wachowski siblings. It's interesting to watch their career Yeah, because they did The Matrix, which was fantastic, yeah. and really nothing – well, Bound was good too. I don't know if you ever Bound was good. Well, that came before. Yeah. yeah. Um, but everybody, was, after The Matrix, everybody was like, this is it. Let's see yeah. what they do next. We and then uh, what was the other one? The, uh, they just made Jupiter Ascending, which was the movie that just came out, came and went. Didn't. So I expect that to go nowhere. The yeah. uh, But what was the other the other one they made after, after – uh, Speed Racer? Speed Racer was uh, – Kev, look it's, it's it up. A, it's a I'm brand on. name, isn't it? Uh, Atlas Shrug. Not Atlas Shrug. Cloud Atlas? Cloud no. Atlas. Was it Cloud Atlas? Cloud Atlas. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. confusing the Iron Man, sorry. But that was incomprehensible as well. That, well, that was, yeah, I think that was largely a retelling of the book, too. Yeah, but it's like, okay, but it's not a book. It's a fucking movie. You know, let's let's make it comprehensible in a two-hour movie. Mm. And it was like so all over the yeah. place. Oh, man, do you remember, Did you were you a fan of The Matrix when it came out? Absolutely, still one of the greatest movies made. I think and personally. Then, do you remember seeing the second one? That was one of those times yeah. on par with the, the the new Star Wars trilogy that came out, and yeah. I was like, "Oh no, yeah, what happened? Oh no, why didn't they give it to the original creators? No, <laughs> oh, they did. shit, they did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that was one of those. That was, I mean, as a kid, like, I guess maybe I was just sheltered, or I just had blinders on. Like, I just chose the movies that I liked, and that I, everything else was like, whatever. I don't think about it again. But then when they got to the Matrix 2 or like and Star Wars and you're like, 
oh, these are these are bulletproof. They're never going to screw these up. And yeah. the second one, you're like, they screwed it up. Wow, this was yeah. just not even good. It was bad. It, it just wasn't like, dude. It just wasn't. You know what I mean? The guys with the dreadlocks, though. So if yeah. you look at if you look at like how those how those films were made, right? And the, the Matrix One was. Uh, I heard Terry Semmel say. Yeah, in a meeting once, and he used to run Warner for 20 years, CEO of Warner, and he's the one who apparently greenlit the picture. But in his mind, he said, we never greenlit the picture because I never really understood it. It's, we just kept on giving it more money until it was kind of done. Mm-hmm. Now, people will argue and say that that wasn't the case, but that at least that's what he said about it back when. And the thing was that they, they were passing around that script, and they said, first of all, we want Hollywood to understand when they were going to studios. No one under 30 is going to understand this script but it's totally going to resonate with the under 30 audience. So that was what they were saying, right? And Terry Summer was like, yeah, I didn't get it. Like, it didn't make any sense to me, but these guys were really passionate about it. So you have this thing where you've got these guys that are like, we need to tell this philosophical story about the fucking world we're living in and about how we engage it and how, how, what the youth today is realizing that we live in a matrix, right? We're going to tell this and we're going to, we're going to layer it with all this existential philosophy and spiritualism and all these things. And we're going to bring you a new type of star Wars experience. That's, that's my summary of a soundbite, right? Yeah. And it matrix too is okay guys that film was such a hit you got four times the amount of money and half the time go get us another one right so now you got shit how do we build on it doesn't it's not entering with the same passion the same need to tell yeah. a story they they say that it never would have been that if you you know talk to john gaden those guys that were over on the island on alameda doing the effects and they'll talk about how because it was small budget because it was off the radar and it wasn't being done in hollywood and in it typically shot in the same old lots with the same old politics, same old mm-hmm. bureaucracies. They were able to sort of do it in a vacuum and just go for it like it was a student picture, you know, like yeah. it was a student film. They were able to go for it in an indie-like way. And after that, boom, now you've got $120, $140 million budget. Give us number two, give us number three. Mm-hmm. And those they started shooting at the same time together yeah. too, right? Yeah, those two ended with shoot. the trailer to three, yeah. right? Just uh, like Back to the Future 2. Did it? And three. Oh, that's actually true. That's yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, with the train. I remember when yeah. I first saw the uh, Back to the Future for the first time. I was at Kevin's house, and when it ended and it said to be continued, and the motherfucker flies <laughs> off. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit! Yeah, that was the coolest thing in the world. A movie yeah. said to be continued. Yeah. Oh always, my god. I always love that. They used to do that with the old Bond films. If you watch the end, it's Bond will return in on Her Majesty's Secret Service or whatever the next movie because they, you know, they knew they were gonna make yeah. it afterward. Which I was like. Obviously, watching them, I'm like, well, I know because I've seen all of them. I've seen, I, wa- I have the box set VHS, but mm-hmm. can you imagine at the time you're in theaters and you're like, that was a really cool movie? And then Bond will return, 007 will return, and yeah. Ratchet Secret Series, like, dope. Can't wait for that one. Yeah. See that in two years. That's dope. I think part of the reason sequels don't work, pan out, and it's what we're talking about with like Lego Movie in particular, and the fact that like it's expectation, right? Like people, I didn't get around to seeing Lego Movie till after everybody had seen it and said it was the best thing in the world. And then I went and saw it. And I was like, oh, it was fine. It was good. I don't think it, it didn't catch yeah, I me off watch guard. It. I couldn't get to yeah, it. Once yeah, it gets yeah. when, when something catches you off guard, that's good. I feel like there's like holy shit, like Matrix. I remember when right. they brought Matrix to me, the original. I just bought a PS2. My friends like you need to understand what DVDs all about, and gave me that, and we watched it on like tube TV with speakers. Like, oh my god, you can hear the the shell casings hit the ground. Yeah, yeah, it was still NTSC. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like then from then on, right? My expectations for the second Matrix are made. You know, so it's it's the opposite of what we're talking about with Batman v Superman, right? Like Man of Steel, I had such high expectations, and it totally fell flat. And I'm like. All right, now I get what the universe is. So Batman, Superman, with that expectation level, I'm excited, and hopefully they'll you know yeah. hop over it and be amazing. That's um, the problem with sequels. Yeah, <laughs> we've gone long on this topic. I could talk about this for the next hour. And a half. All right, fine, then we'll stop. Tim. Yes. What's your topic? All right, so I got 
there was some issues that happened last week. Got some real, real deep issues that a, occurred. An issue. There was like a what issue? There was a couple don't, issues, you don't but know there's one it's... specific issue that I had. So Colin's not here, yeah. which means we weren't allowed to shoot in this house. Right. So we had to go to Kevin's. That's house. a bit of a generalization. So you, Colin wasn't here. Colin and Greg and I here. weren't here. Yeah. So we didn't want two people not just bumming around the house in case our landlord comes by and says, "What's going on, strangers?" <laughs> All right, whatever. We, we had we had to go to Kevin's house. I just wanted you to know that hmm? we were going to wear no pants the entire time if you let us in. I'm sure. I can only imagine. I've pants seen what you do to the bathroom when we are here. I can only imagine what would happen when we're not here. Look, don't <laughs> criticize my bowel movements. Okay. Thank you. This is disgusting, oh, but I'm gonna say it oh, anyways. God. Earlier today, I went to pee. Someone didn't flush. I don't know who it was, but it was a mess in there. Jesus. I was like, well, that's fun. <laughs> that's just, why would you not do that? It was one of us. I know it was one of us. Anyways, so. I hope it wasn't me. No, we were, <laughs> we were locked down in here the whole day. Things are happening. So we were at Kevin's house, right? And we were just Jeez. chilling there. We're doing stuff. Then I just got my new car. So I got my license plates in the mail, and I can't do anything by myself. So I'm like, Kevin, can you put my license plates on my car? You just need a screwdriver. Yeah, I know, but okay. I don't have screwdrivers. He has a screwdriver on him at all times. Is that true? <laughs> and a knife. A giant. Like a well, I know the knife, knife part. I didn't know he had the yeah, yeah, this whole like, tool. It does the all Leatherman? Those. What the hell is that? Is that like a Swiss Army knife? But yeah. Not racist? Oh, <laughs> right. When you, when you open the blade. It's an all-in-one tool, yeah. Okay, thank you. Yeah. So he's putting my license plate on, and I take the like envelope it comes with, and I go to, to throw it away. And we're outside, and there's this like recycling bin. Someone's recycling bin, one of the blue bins. We're in a neighborhood, like, yeah. All right, fine. I'm just going to put it in there because it's a freaking envelope. Yeah. So I do that shit, and I go to walk away. The dude who owns it screams at me from the, the window, and he's just like, Nick, can you? He was like, hey, nah, homie, that ain't cool. That ain't cool, dog. And Tim's like, first of all, we didn't know where it was coming from. Second of all, <laughs> it was at that moment that I noticed there was a cable chain from the pole to the trash can. So this guy is deadly fucking serious about his trash like he does not want you <laughs> don't messing be, don't like, it was literally tied down like yeah with one of those like what are those things called kevin the like the cables lock, the lock cable it was things? like a bike cable like a bike yeah cable. like a bike lock this is some yeah. legit shit and like which means trash cans are getting stolen in that neighborhood which suck that's right i don't know about who would or... think that kevin lives in a bad neighborhood the no. corpse molester no. <laughs> i don't know man like it's oh. this no one else has this shit this guy's he like, it was just the whole thing where I'm like, wow, this this is some real serious shit. And there was nothing in that recycling bin. And it was a giant recycling bin. Okay. So then I'm like, what, do you want me to take it out? And he's just like, normal yeah, you got to take it. It was not a normal one. It was one of the giant ones. It was a normal size one. No. It was like the XL one. Then, All right. Then I'll make a small recycling. Yeah, they do. I have one of the small ones. Oh, you have one of the little pony ones. Well, not the pony ones, there but it's definitely. Welcome to San Francisco, yeah, everybody. No. <laughs> Anyways. So. I had to freaking reach in and get this thing, and ew, I, couldn't, I couldn't reach because it was like all the way. I would have just tipped it over and dumped it all out. Was well, there anything in there that I couldn't thing? tip it over because it's tied down to the goddamn pole? Yeah, <laughs> I was. So, then I just would have shrugged, like I tried, man. Well, here's the thing: <laughs> I would have done that, except for the fact that it had my name on the envelope. Yeah, it was <laughs> that was stupid. And all my Damn. stuff, so yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. "Well, fuck." So anyway, that was that experience. The reason I bring up that story is recycling. Is some real serious shit to people. Now, going through this whole experience, I was just like, all right. Why did he care so much? Why is this a thing? It was a freaking envelope. He even came down afterwards to, like, check if there's anything in there. God damn it, dude. Now, could you have taken this guy in a fight? No. Absolutely not. Okay. Not a chance in fucking hell. He's a big guy. Yeah. So, my whole thing was, I was like, why, why does he care so much? Like, why is this a thing? I was like, well, maybe if I was, like, rummaging, like, he heard it, so, like, he thought I was, like, trying to take his stuff, and I get people wouldn't want you to take their garbage, because, like, 
if you're a celebrity and you have like you know celebrity poop and you can sell this shit on eBay mm-hmm. like I get that I get that but I was like why why if I'm putting something like it's not like it was I was putting if I came out with a giant bag of shit and put it in your car so in your thing I would totally get that it's called a slippery slope mm-hmm. if he doesn't stop you then you think it's okay and then you do start bringing by it and then you bring by a bottle and then you buy you know the little McDonald's bag and then it's a garbage bag and then it's all of your yeah but it's not on the street so everyone should be a little more grateful yeah he was like, nah, homie, you got your own. You live over there. It's like, I don't live over there. So well, I'm just on the street right now. What's funny is it was homie. convenient because you were like, damn it. And you took it out and then you walked the exact distance from the car the other way and threw it out in Kevin's trash. Yeah, to the, the trash that was like well hidden like a normal person does when it's not trash day. That's true. Like um, not tied up to a freaking pole for everyone to see. When I was doing productions in L.A., that was a huge issue because if you do anything in downtown L.A., you don't – you have to rent a dumpster. So like mm-hmm. in production, like in production land, you have to get a dumpster, all that stuff, arrange and pick up all that stuff. Especially if you're if you're out of shoot for more than three days, like a mm-hmm. giant film crew produces a lot of garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're on an independent shoot that doesn't feel like doing that, what do you do? Well, you have all these bags. So you either a put them in your car and drive them to the dumpster, or drive the the dump, or b walk to the nearest dumpster you can find that's not locked down and put them in there. Be as shady and as it's possible. Actually illegal. Like yeah. you can get a serious fine if you do that yeah. um, because of that, because people have to pay to have their trash taken away in the big dumpsters and things like that. I don't know what this guy's specific problem with it was other than I think he just was um, watching you do it and felt that it was a little bit disrespectful to use someone else's trash can. I don't know why, though. I don't think you pay by the poundage. But people in San Francisco get pissed about that. If, yeah, you, if I, you actually do it in San Francisco, it, like get that get that out of there. Trash gets picked up every Monday. When I walk Portillo on Sunday night and he poops and I pick up his little poop in a bag, I pass dozens of trash cans I should I could toss it in, but I don't tell him at my trash can because I'm not going to deal with something like this. Because this happens more than you think. N- pe- neighborhood people. <laughs> I fought off the devil. I'm sorry. You I almost sn- sneezed. Thank oh, you. Okay. It's, it's about time. I was one really one. confused at what the hell just happened. People in San Francisco are weird about this. And people in general are weird about that. Every every neighborhood has its weird idiosyncrasies about all these stupid things that you don't do or can do or the one guy over there. Is, like the guy across the street. Have we talked about Red Zone guy? No. There's a Red Zone guy in my neighborhood. And so like... He's if always you, in a Red Zone? No. His, he, his curb oh. ends and it's red. And so he repainted it red and then put up blo- like uh, little, what you call them, reflectors all over the pole and put up his own sign that this is a red zone right here. And so we, we can fit the Mini Cooper in there with the b- bumper like a little bit over the thing. And this guy has dealt with his red zone so many fucking times. He has printouts of a note he wrote with his shaky hand that says something like, Dear neighbor, please stay out of my... R-. And then it's red zone in quotes or whatever. And he puts it under your windshield wiper like a psychopath. And he'll do it to people all the time. He and it's just like, dude, it's not even blocking your driveway. Calm down. But like, that's his fucking thing. He will sit in a lawn chair in his driveway to protect that red zone. It's like he never parks there. People, man, they're you know, freaking crazy. No, you know what it is? It's the city. Like, does it to you? Because I am one of those people. <laughs> because I live in a place where the there is no red painting. No, yeah. So people think it's bottom of it. They go. My my garage spot is just big enough for me to pull my car in and I have one of the garage that goes underneath my building but the spot to the opening to get into it is very very narrow and so oftentimes what happens is you can fit three cars here and one car here if they're small cars but what happens is these two cars if they get just a little bit bigger I have to come in at a 90 degree angle so I have to reroute myself all the way up the street come down and then go oh make a nice wide turn and come in well there are there have been times when I go I'm 
it's physically impossible. I can't pull my car into the spot. So now after a long day of work, maybe it's Friday and maybe I just want to go home and like watch Daredevil. I can't do that. I have to go find parking in San Francisco. Like a nobody. Uh, have you ever tried? You, you don't, yeah, you don't drive much. I Finding parking in San Francisco is the most nerve-wrackingly like anger-inspiring experience you will ever have in your life. Absolutely. This is why I ride a bike. Oh, that, it's a perfect reason. In fact, when I speaking of which, when I parked in front of your house legally, your your couple next door came out because they're I could tell they're like, "Who's parking so close to our car?" And right. It's like, sorry, yeah, I'm allowed to do this. Yeah, yeah you yeah. know, yeah, nicely. But there, you could tell they're like and getting all tight. Someone might be parking. There's only space for one. No, it's space for one in a bike. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's always I, parking. If I rode that bike that you were riding, yeah. I would be very careful where I parked it because people in this in San Francisco just do not have respect for for a flying motorcycle. Yeah, and if I if I came back and fe- like came out and found that thing on the ground, yeah. I would rage on whatever car. I would just pick the car nearest to it fucking <laughs> full <laughs> rage yeah. on it you know I've been I lucky I never, I never had a problem, never uh, had a problem. You, I mean I think you're probably pretty smart about where you're parking I, I, I've seen people like that have bikes they don't care about especially like Knob Hill yeah. where they're, they're parking it like on a steep incline where you and know that car gonna, in front of it's like the guy's gonna tap. release boom and then yeah. I don't know what that was Yeah, gone you've never seen that car yeah, again that's right so I used to see guys every morning not every morning but like once a week you'd come out and you'd see a bike on the ground or you'd see someone yeah. like the bike would be up but the, the windshield would be fucked yeah. up and people would be pissed yeah. off yeah. Um, but it's always there's always parking yeah that's the, that's the thing you're always on time yeah, you're you're always, there's always it. parking yeah, yeah, yeah. now the thing about the cool. recycling in particular <laughs> in San Francisco is something I'd never experienced growing up in the Midwest like a normal person but coming here <laughs> into the city where at night when not even not even at night but usually like dusk on Sunday night before trash night, you'll hear that you, there's a conversation with Colin where we stop so we can reference it. But you hear the clang clang of bottles mm-hmm. because people just roam the streets, open the recycling bins, open the bags, go through pick up bottles, go through dig out all. They take apart your recycling bin and then put it back together sans the glass. Yeah, that's crazy. So that brings me to the actual topic. We weren't at the is, topic yet. Yeah. I thought it was recycling bins. I apologize. Well, I mean it, it is, but it's those people. So this whole dilemma that I went through. I couldn't sleep that night. I'm just thinking about all these recycling conundrums and all this stuff. At, at any point, did you think about going back, filling it with concrete? Uh, not concrete, <laughs> but fecal matter, yes. And Nick made sure I didn't do that. That's, that's good. That's <laughs> but, good. Yeah. Because, I wasn't actually going to do it, but like I was so upset at this whole thing happening. I was just like, and I know I couldn't because like they know where Kevin lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, we had to come back the next day to record the show. And all that stuff too, but it's just like... And you don't have a chance of hell of beating his ass. No, that too. That too. would have beat all three of us but, to death uh, and gone out and got a hamburger and not even given a shit about it. <laughs> Four homicides on yeah. one, one piece of recycled garbage. Yeah, but... Uh, so my topic is the, the people that... Because in SF, this, I grew up here my whole life and it's just a normal thing that you see these, these older people walking around just collect all day and all night. It's not just during Sunday nights. It's all times of the day. Walking up to every single garbage can and having these bags and bags and bags of bottles and cans. Yeah. And they're just like walking with them. And there's just little old, little old ladies like holding pounds and pounds of these bags. Yeah, they got like, a muni with them. They got yeah, a muni with their giant oh, God, trash bag. That's like a whole other thing. It's like, mom. well, great. You just took up half the bus with your goddamn bags. Smelly ass <laughs> bottles and yeah. cans. What do they do this for? They sell oh, money. They money, sell you say. Money, yeah. money, money. Do you know how many freaking bottles you need to get a dollar? 20. Yeah. They're five cents. Yeah. 20. Yeah. Think of how much you get a day. If you have a jackpot day and you're just like <laughs> nailing it and you're like bags and bags and bags, what are you making? $10 for a whole day of work? 
So think what? about that old lady, how hard she's working carrying those yes. bags. Why? For $10? For $10 that might feed her tonight. No, no. Okay. <laughs> Here's the thing. Yeah. I understand that there, I might be being culturally like an asshole right now and all that shit. I want someone to explain to me why I think it'd be a better use of her time to make a lemonade stand. I bet you that she will get more than $10 selling goddamn lemonade than working her ass off doing that. But she would need a license. She would need to pay the city and she would need She's insurance. She's not allowed to steal people's bottles. <laughs> well, well, but they're not stealing, got, they're recycling. Yeah. No, but if I'm not allowed to put a freaking envelope in someone's recycling bin, you're definitely not allowed to see Yeah, but you can't, let the, you, you can't let the the asshole set the law, right? And so so to the guy who's like, don't use my garbage can, you're like, okay, so you'd feel better if the garbage was on the street than in your precious can. Like, that's kind of, you know, he's got some mm -hmm. issues, right? Uh, and it's another thing if you come out every week and your garbage is full because someone you, else, you, put, someone else put it there. That's yeah. a different issue, mm -hmm. you know. But the old people grabbing the bags. I mean, I, I remember... Uh, uh, it's happening in our neighborhood and they drive by and they do it and what we started doing is we started separating out the bottles so they could grab them because because Sherry she's looking at that and one one night she sees someone's in the garbage and so she's a little upset like why are they there and then she goes out and it's an old, old person digging through to get the bottles now she comes back in the house and she's crying because she's like old oh, people shouldn't have to do this you know and ever since Reagan we got a whole issue there of dumping all the crazy people that should have had help into we'll the cut streets we'll cut mental health yeah you know the, I mean uh, as we increase the defense budgets we'll keep on cutting social but social right. needs you know because we're such a poor country you know yeah we can't which, I mean you gotta pick yeah and which is pretty pathetic but make sure we take I mean just think about it like I think like when I see young people panhandling, the question is, are, are they working or are they, or are they, uh, they don't have a green card? Like, what, what's the issue? And then you do a, a guess on whether you're going to help them or not, right? Right. When you see old people, it's almost like no matter what crimes they might be guilty of, if, they're, if it's a 70-year-old lady who's carrying all these bags for nickels on the pound, right, what's going on there? And to me, it's like, that's a sad thing. So mm -hmm. I look at it, I don't have the, the same reaction. I look at it, I always have a sad reaction because I'm like, God damn, man, to look at these old people. Like, how can this country be so rich? And this is what we live, have happened to our old people. Like, for example, and we don't talk about it, what's the highest suicide rate in the United States? Mm -hmm. It's the elderly. Really? We don't talk about it because they're just offering themselves regularly, right? Like higher than teens way, right? So there's these things we just don't talk about, but what's happening? So Social Security gets cut. You know, all these right. things get hammered, hammered, hammered. You all the expenses are going up, 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 up. And Nothing like, is getting cheaper. How am I going to live? Right, yeah. yeah. And then the, these old people are winding up very disposable. So to me, it's kind of, you know, but I'm a bleeding heart, you know, tree hugger. I totally, I get that. And I do understand that I'm me and no, I, I, think it, I, talk about I think your question is not necessarily is it morally or ethically right to to go through people's garbage to recycle your question is more like is there nothing else these people are clearly motivated if you're motivated enough to go through someone's garbage to make a living you're good enough to work in the workforce and if so what if there's a job yeah but the question i think i think the thing that is the issue is maybe they're illegal maybe they don't have maybe they can't work in this country legally or they have a criminal record and they can't get a job or, or they're mentally handicapped they're mentally handicapped in which case this is all they're functionally capable of doing or if they're day off they're not they're getting a different shift something along that right or, yeah or they're just doing it because it makes a little extra money on their day off like i've seen guys like i was telling you at the when i went when you uh are, sit at bars on union street if you're there until two o'clock two o'clock in the morning you'll see a big truck pull up and it'll he'll go through the garbage and this is a i mean we're talking like a steak bed truck that's just got hundreds of bags of these things in there and i'm like well this is this guy's industry like he yeah. figured it out mm -hmm. that if he has this route it'll take him two hours and he'll probably make a few hundred bucks 
and that's it. And that, that's his work for the day, maybe. And then tomorrow morning he goes and does his other job. And then after that he does his other job. And then at two o'clock in the morning he does this job. Because that's a lot of that's what you see a lot uh, of times in these older like communities where, especially in the Chinese community, where you see like the parents and like there's three generations living in the same house. Mm-hmm. Is that like they all keep working? So the grandfather would be like, well, I can't work anymore, really, but. I can go do this. I can go do this, and I can contribute to my household still. It's one of those things. Colin and I have talked about it when we'll hear it happening or whatever. And Colin used to be super obsessive about it, and he'd hear it, and then he'd just go out there and watch. He'd just go to the window and watch and just not say anything. He wasn't <laughs> trying to stop him. He was just fascinated <laughs> by the practice of what was happening. But the argument we kept coming back to, right, is like, it must be worth it. You know what I mean? But they must. They must sense. be making. They're making enough money in their head that this is worth it. I don't know what it's what it's if, doing. If, well, if they can get ten dollars a day, they can eat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in 2013, by the so way, about this that doesn't add up. To in, in at least in 2013, SF Gate reports that it is illegal. Yes, it's ili- it is, it's illegal. always been illegal. No, to throw something out in someone's garbage. It also it's no. This is no. He's talking. They're garbage. calling it. It's well, it's not stealing if it's garbage. Yes, it is. Why? Uh, no, it it's technically technically the second it goes on the curb, it's public domain. No, not if it's these, in your garbage can. No, the second, no. The second, second, Greg's reading right now. The second you put your garbage out on the curb, you are you are releasing your. Um, the second it's garbage, I believe the law says you are releasing all of your ownership over that garbage. That's why – I'm pretty people, sure that's incorrect. No, I that's mean, like, guys, in, this, we live in San Francisco, and I'm reading the SF Gate story. What's it say? Each week in San Francisco and in urban neighborhoods across the Bay Area, residents dutifully separate aluminum cans, glass bottles, and plastic jugs from their garbage and roll their recycling bins to the curb on trash day. But before the garbage trucks can arrive, many bins are picked clean by people who take the bottles and cans to a recycling center or a wholesale black market collector on the corner and turn the trash into cash. The practice is illegal and inflates garbage collection rates. The thieves often leave behind a mess on city sidewalks. But police in San Francisco, Oakland, and other Bay Areas told the Chronicle Watch that although they understand residents' annoyances with the re- recycling ripoffs, chasing down thieves is not a high priority. He stole my garbage! <laughs> chasing down thieves. Can Here, you guys just imagine I can't believe this? they use the term yeah. thieves. You know, they're, shit, they're mirroring right? your... Yeah. A man who would only identify himself as pretzels said he collects <laughs> bags of bottles and cans from residential blue bins most nights. He makes a few bucks each day and tries not to leave a mess because that just, quote, gets people all upset, he said. Pretzel said he's been hassled by the cops for taking recycling only once in his five years in San Francisco. One guy shined a light on one guy shined his light at me once and told me to go somewhere else. But that's it, man. There you go. See, I'm a schemey fuck. If there's something I can scheme, <laughs> yeah. I do it. If yeah. there's money I can make, I do it. You do it. And like this goes back to like me in high school and shit. When obviously things like this crossed my mind many times where I was like, Can I profit off of this? Like, how can I do this? Mm-hmm. And like I'm addicted to soda. You guys know this. Mm-hmm. There was a point in my life where I was like, I'm just going to like keep on my cans. I'm going to do this. And like, I got a shit ton of cans, like mountains of cans in my garage. And I went and turned it in. I was like, I'm going to be fucking rich. And I was not. I think I made like $15. That's why you got to stamp like, them into the flat. months. <laughs> like, oh, it's like it's the just... episode of Seinfeld where they get the truck to go back and get them in Vermont or whatever. It's still illegal according to uh, San Francisco. Can you check and see if, if trash is... is... Like the ownership laws on trash, because that that was always that's always no 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 not on whether or not it's. But I think you, you can pick get... through someone's trash because that's actually just like that's a law that's just vandalism. But do you own your trash if you put it out? Because because there were reports back in the day that reporters would go through people's trashes, uh. and find like bank statements and shit and 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 report record on that stuff i put in do you do you own your trash google autofill puts in do you throw away your own trash at panera <laughs> i want to see i want to see i really want to know the answer to that say scheming fuck on oh that. I'm that'd, be scheming fuck, that'd be great that'd be great i'm so good that's at that. title scheming fuck yeah that, i mean that would be tim's <laughs> title that's yeah. actually tim's official title kind yeah. of funny nice but okay going, going uh, once back you to put this, something though. out in the trash do you still own it this is from yeah. slate.com probably not 
Items discarded in the trash are often classified as abandoned property, meaning the owner has relinquished his claim, it should say his or her, his, his or her claim, to the items and doesn't intend to Well, women don't throw away ownership. things, Greg. Facts. They're not capable of it. They can just cook. Jesus Christ! Dude. I like that I'm being fire. sarcastic. I'm just, I'm teasing. They can. We know. We know. We they know. can make kids too. Yeah, I got in a fight. I got in a big argument with this guy. Just he's, joking. He's running a uh, uh, a crappy Chinese food place in Berkeley, and I walked into a store and I and I looked at him. I waited for him to look at me, and then I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna use your. I'm tossing this in your garbage." He goes, "No, no, no, no!" And he run, and he runs out there like I was like, I was like, "Dude, first of all." Calm down. Like yeah, this yeah. little guy comes running out like he's going to do something, right? So that was kind of funny anyway. But then it's like, hold on a second, dude. Your shitty rappers are all over this city block. Yeah. Right? Now, those are winding up in someone else's garbage cans. You don't give a shit. Now, if someone's coming to you with garbage that would wind up on the street, you should be honored to put it in your fucking can. You know, like, yeah, yeah. come on, man. This is the yeah. neighborhood. Keep it clean. Like, if I'm the type of person, I walk down the street... If I'm able, I'll pick up shit on the way and I'll throw it in the next garbage can, right? Because yeah. I think if everyone did that, the world would be pretty spotless. Right, I mean, right, aside right. from where they want to dump chemical waste, but that's yeah. another <laughs> issue, <laughs> you know? But it's like, th this is something occasionally, uh, you know, Sherry and I get in these little arguments and, and I try to come back to it. I go, don't let someone else's pettiness define your standards. You know, like, like when the guy next door is giving you shit about using his garbage can mm -hmm. and you feel like you need to start doing that too. It's like, that's the slippery slope of bullshit. Right. It's like, you know, man, don't let them lower your standards, you know? Yeah, see, the only reason I would do that, I mean, granted, my trash is in a building that's in, enclosed, so you can't get to it unless you live in the building. <laughs> so that's why it's not an issue with you. But that would, for, <laughs> A, it would freak me out if someone was there throwing trash. I'd be like, how, how the hell did you get in this building? But B, for me, we have a 16-unit building that has a trash can. Oh. So what? Inev yeah. Like inevitably. A like a dumpster? Or ooh, like a normal, like, roll-out trash can. So guess what? What the fuck does that work? Every Monday, it doesn't. There's overflowed trash, and sometimes they just don't pick it up because they have that quote unquote Laurel. Like, it's not in the bin. I'm not going to pick it up. How do you do that? I mean, we live in one house with two people, and yeah, it's got it's, three cans of it. It's there. disgusting, first of all. And secondly, <laughs> we have a recycle bin that I swear to God and holds a six pack. No, it, it's 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 the same size as the trash can, but the problem is like people order stuff. Everyone orders stuff now. Right, right, right. So everything comes in a box within a box. Right. So you're not just ordering toilet paper. It comes in a box within a box within a box that's like this big, but then it's like for like one roll of toilet paper. You're and, ordering toilet paper wrong, man. Nah, I mean, I, I go, well, I'm, I'm just using that as an as a, example, of course. But the the thing that kills me is that no one understands the concept of breaking down one's box. Yeah. And that pisses me off because I – Love doing it, first of all. It's a huge stress relief. <laughs> yeah. And I like the idea of like I can take all this with the proper planning and fit it into all in this little it's tiny like square. Space. I'm like shoving things in, making stints. Right. So that I can make the thing bigger, you know, so that when they wheel it out they can't fold the thing but they can still <laughs> yeah. still in like a space where the truck will take it. I, I got so sick of cutting out the boxes here and when we started the business and I knew we were gonna get boxes every day, I went and bought uh giant tin shears yeah so i have these like giant scissors now that i can just cut through boxes and two That's things because i have to break because we get so much often i have to break it down and then twine it up and put it in this little two by two yeah. little package out there yeah we, I, you know you you'd be if you're responsible at it great but everyone in the city most of the time just doesn't yeah everyone's lives this this such a fast-paced life that the thought of stopping in my in my i mean in the city is in general it's like it, you just feel this energy of like this urgency always go 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 that the thought of stopping and like bothering yourself with breaking down a box that your neighbor is not inconvenienced by it is like that's so trite. Nobody did it for me, so I'm not gonna do it for anybody yeah, of course. else. One of those and oftentimes my wife and I will just be like, you know what? I got, I mean, I have to put this in there, and I'm not gonna be contributing to this. I'm not gonna just take my big box that my TV came in or whatever and just leave it there. I'll cut that shit up into like 
I mean, it's like a, I'm like a brain surgeon when it comes to this thing. I will cut it up <laughs> in the, the exact perfect way. I I would take a bet. You can show me any trash receptacle. I like. I can get that box in there. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. I can. Yeah, I like those challenges too. That's fine. Yeah. It's, like, it's like a it's like a real life Tetris. We're like, oh, okay, yeah, exactly. Right. I hate breaking down boxes. I love it. it. Fucking drives me nuts. I love it. Well, that's why I have the big box cutter. It's like switchblade. Oh, the big dog. Yeah. Yeah. So it comes out long, and then you're like, and you, it's awesome. I love it. <laughs> you through those boxes, man. Yeah, it's a lot easier when you have a brand new razor. Like that's I learned that early yeah. on. I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna flip like switch the razor. But it can't be the normal box cutter. It's got to be the extendable one. You can get about five inches of blade. See, I've never thought about that. That's awesome. Huge difference. Huge difference. You prefer it over the shears. I like the one. I like the one where you can click and then break the blade off and keep going. It scares me. I don't, I don't like. So it's one giant thin blade. I'd be yeah, afraid yeah. it come so in and pops so off. What it does, things about this big and go click, 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 and the blade will come out like that. And then, yeah, but but it's all about the angle and the, and sure, the and sure, you sure. know. So the more blade you have, something, the less something, energy. something that sharp it terrifies me. Yeah, it's very sharp. Too. Are you coffee's here? In the walk-in mug. Look at that. Yeah, maybe you should buy something for the house. Maybe that would help. Maybe you just don't come here and drink all the cream. The last two creams were mine. I want you to know that. Yeah, probably. I don't use it. And you don't know. So what do you care? <laughs> so yeah, there's got to be some reason. They've got to. I mean, it's just a mindset. I don't know because, like you're saying, it's always. It seems like it's older people out there doing it, right? And I do feel it comes down to being raised in a generation where one to contribute, but then every cent counts. Like we're not that generation, right? Like. Yeah. Oh, you can redeem this. Oh, it's too many steps. I don't want to do it. Yeah, I think I don't know the stats on this. I'm just talking out of my ass. But the majority of people I see, I don't think they're crazy, and I don't think that they're like any of these these like they're not homeless. Like they have homes. Yeah. I don't think they need to contribute. Is this yeah. just how they like to spend their time? They're probably not. All right, good. Cool. Go go for it. Probably not you. good team players and don't like bosses. You know, yeah, well, no. <laughs> so they have their own I mean, job honestly, on their own hours. Uh, as long as they're willing to get up late at night. I get that, but like <laughs> it just sounds. I just don't get it from a. You are putting a lot of work in for very little return. That's honestly, my only issue with it. Honestly, I want these I people like, to get what they deserve. Jesus Christ, Kevin. I feel like it's a... Um, again, I feel like it's a third job. I feel like it's the job you do after the other job to just contribute. You know what just I mean? Just to chill out, to rest your mind. I mean, that just doesn't seem worth it. It's like, that $10, man? Fucking chill out, just sleep. But what's really interesting is you saw that spike start happening after 208. Right? So it was after... That's what we noticed, is that is that in 208, when the crash happened... The Wall Street crash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then, then we started noticing this behavior, and then there were competitors because we're in the hills of Berkeley, right? It's not like it's pedestrians going by, you know. So they, someone's actually got to be in a car and up there actually patrolling the neighborhood. And then we found out they're competing. Oh wow! So we were this is to, our block. Yeah. No, and Sherry, Holding down Sherry's the block. Like, well, I want to make sure the old lady gets it. So she's like waiting, hiding the garbage until she's estimating the old lady's time is going to show up, and then that's she's putting hilarious. it out there. Then, cause, yeah. You know, because the younger guy getting it, that's not. Oh, gonna that's be not okay, good. That's right? not cool. Yeah, that ain't cool, bro. But I'm kind of, I don't know, having grown up sort of poor, and knowing people that didn't make it. You know, it's like, man, it's just. If you look at so you, you grew up in San Francisco, your parents are educated. No, not really. Pro- professional. <laughs> I mean, barely. Yeah, like, I, 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 I had. To, I yeah. was scheming for a reason with the yeah. with all the stuff, but it's just like, oh, come on, guys. But it's like you know, some people's journey is just so so far and long. Like I, I met I met a girl uh, just recently. She was about to graduate art school. I believe it was her seventh year in a four year curriculum, and young young girl from inner city Oakland and, you know, and she was telling her story right and this is at a friend's house who's having like a yoga class there right and she's part of this class still a young girl what's her story and you think about how like you talk to the kids that were Ivy League grads they have so many tools going for them right and mm-hmm. and, and, and 
from day one up usually that they don't understand what they have by the time they get it out there and they need to start applying it like they just take it for granted right but here's the story of this girl so she winds up in a condition where home is a complete disaster she's got a, a kid that's a little brother that's about half her age she's 14 and winds up on the street so whatever the household is such a disaster she and the little brother are on the street she's now her purpose in life is keep the little brother okay he doesn't make it. He gets killed. Mm. So now you got this young teenage girl on the streets alone with the sense of failure that her brother couldn't make it, right? No, no education, no role models, none of that. Mm. And going, well, in order to make him proud of what I've become, like he'll, he'll, his life would have been a waste if I don't do something with mine. And I'm kind of good at art, so I, I'll, I'll pursue that. And you listen to these stories of people who've really climbed out of it, like really climbed out of deep shit like this girl, you know? And then she winds up like she's going to be graduating art school in San Francisco that she yeah. paid for herself for seven years that she started saving for when she was living on the street as a teenager while, you know, other kids kind of didn't realize all the things that right. they had. But when well, we look at that... camp. Yeah, like I used to be a real judgmental bastard about most things in life, you know? <laughs> Just, ah, I had all kinds of opinions about this. But the more I understood, like, people's tragedies the more it became like harder to to judge and feel clear about it you know what yeah. I, you know what i mean like i'd usually catch myself in some like really embarrassing situation where you'd be like oh god i thought this person was an asshole but they were really like had this handicap or something else you're just like I've, on the spot I've, for being yeah, a real asshole yeah. you know but the stories i mean that's my thing i'm a collector of stories like if we sit down i want i want to hear your stories man i want to i want to get it i want to hear if you came from another country and you were locked in a uh a storage container for three months on a boat I want to hear about it you know I want to know what your experience was and I look at that and the and more time goes on it's like the more the, heart, the stories are just heart-wrenching in right? the modern world yeah. you know what people go through so it gets harder to to gauge it but I look at it like the guy with the garbage can he should get sentenced to uh, a week at Burning Man right like that's your sentence dude you got to stop being an asshole you got to look at the world differently mm -hmm. and so the only way you're going to get fixed is fucking burning man good luck <laughs> you know and drop him <laughs> off out there and see because you know he'll, he'll find that the generosity of others is the only thing that's going to keep him alive right and that'll you know uh life-changing events but i look at that go, you know real selfish you know real people are too close they're not okay you're... you seem like you'd be a fun judge <laughs> <laughs> okay what'd you do yeah burning yeah. man here's the burning man judge every time <laughs> like burning man and the numbers inflated by 400 i guess they already have problems with that from what i heard from the last time burning man was uh people couldn't get tickets to it now huh well, they started this whole, you know, like lottery, lottery thing. System. It's like, what are you doing? You know, for 10 years, I never had a problem getting a ticket until they made sure scalpers couldn't get a tickets. And then the people who really want them can't get them. And then right. you're like, what are you turning this into a social game? It's like Zynga was designing the, the ticket policy. You know? <laughs> you're like, what are you talking about? Keep coming back and it'll be available for sale in three hours on one day. Like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, yeah. it's really upsetting, which is, uh, you know, but you can go out there and you die anyway. I mean, it's so harsh. <laughs> there's a fascinating, <laughs> they, they did a documentary about that. And like, they, they have all, there's that original crew that, that plans it every year yeah and they talk about how it, it's it's sad because it's one of those things that's supposed to be this um really free and open experience and because it's gotten so big they've had to put regulations and yeah. restrictions and laws on it because yeah. they're i mean and they'll even say that like it's disappointing this goes a little bit against what this thing is for but if we don't do this if we don't charge prices we like ticket prices we can't have ambulances we can't have er yeah. people we can't have and that's all fine sure. but lose the uh, social game of uh, lottery bullshit that they yeah. injected in which is like who designed i swear it's like the worst social gaming company they hired yeah. to figure out how to sell the tickets and and now you're talking about an event like burning man right we're not talking coachella where you go down there and you know you're gonna go to a concert for a couple days and stay in your little tent on grass 
right? No. We're talking about you go out there and you die if you're not prepared, right? Ants don't even live there. They're like, fuck this. We moved out a long time ago. (laughs) We moved to Seattle a long time ago. It's literally that bad. You know, I've seen 121 degree days out there, right? Like shit is crazy out there at times. And so you need, if you're going to do it right, you need to plan a whole year in advance. Except the way that they do is they go, well, you know, as you, you missed the February lotto for this, mm-hmm. but you didn't get picked. But, you know, coming up again in May, and you're like, the event's in August. Yeah, I got a plan for like, this thing. It's like, like summoning K2. Maybe you're I'll like, be able to go, maybe I won't. So this. I just stopped going, you know? And, yeah, I, and I think a, a lot number of people, people do that, but a lot of more people are showing up. But the other thing that was interesting is is that when I started going, there, I remember the first year I went, it was with great people. There was one bar that I remember where people were serving alcohol. Everyone else is high on something else, sure. right? There's one bar. Now it's all bars, yeah. which means a lot more alcohol, a lot more people. And, and I can guarantee you this, no one ever got smarter on alcohol, right? Yeah. yeah I'll tell you what they did get is dehydrated, <laughs> yeah. which is, uh, <laughs> exactly. which is not good and because they probably didn't bring, bring water either. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's a fascinating. If you, if you get a chance, there's a great documentary on Netflix about it. And not, it's not a great overall documentary. Burning Man or just this like the tickification. Uh, the it's, the, it's the beginning of Burning Man all the way up until I think Burning Man 2012 when they. How long has Burning Man been going? Oh, uh, 94 something. Okay. The first something one like on that, beach. Yeah. They did the beach out, out in um, 93. That beach, right? Yeah, North San Francisco. Out. I can't remember where we're at. Seaside. Um, yeah, Seaside. Um, it's it's fascinating because they they start with a complete and total blank canvas, and their 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 methodology behind it is. It's like they don't leave anything behind. Right. So like they they have groups of of at the very end of the event they have groups of volunteers that will walk like you're looking for someone in the forest. Yeah. yeah. And they will make sure there's no nails, no cigarette screws, butts. cigarette butts, anything left behind. No trace. They do. They go down and pick it up. It's really fascinating. But then the other fascinating thing is they show how they have to um, store all the shit because like half of the infrastructure they have to have infrastructure because it's so big you have to have like. Yeah booths and places for people to go if they're not feeling well things like that it's all stored off site like miles away and so they start loading in that show like like a month in advance or something yeah. it's crazy man yeah, it's, it's, crazy. it's an industry but it's it's still i think from what i've heard a lot of people say it's still worth going to it's still worth experiencing you, got, you don't die without going to burning man meaning yeah. like don't hit your grave without seeing that first like no matter what I don't know, it, I don't, it sounds absolutely horrible it's absolutely insane how many you years know? did you go about 12 okay you know it's uh, but the first year it changed. It totally changed my life. Really, I mean, that's was, what people. That's what a, everybody no, totally, says. Totally, it renewed my faith in humanity. It's like if it were a, if it were a business plan, right? It says here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna drag fifty thousand people out into the harshest one of the top ten, legitimately one of the top ten harshest environments on planet Earth, right? Like I said, mm-hmm. ants don't live there. Insects are like fuck this place, right? Insects. Think about that, right? So these, people, these are the things that absolutely will, don't will live through there. the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And they won't go to roaches. Man. No, they don't go to no, burning. They're not going there. <laughs> like, what are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> they keep doing the Beetlejuice. Yeah, but when you got there, I mean, the first year I went was with the, uh, you know, Josh Gabriel, the DJ. I grew up with uh, bass, uh, uh, Gabriel and Dresden. Uh, okay. you know, stuff like that. Tony Fidel, who uh, just did Nest. Oh, yeah, you know, right. when you invent the iPod and stuff like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And out there with characters like that, but we're like dying underneath, you know, horrible conditions. They, they, they brought me out. I had never been out there before. I had heard certain types of music. I'm like, where is that music? I've never heard that before. And they're like, you got to go to Burning Man. It's so intense that you get a different sound, you get different things happening because the environment is just so harsh. You're all in it together, right? Mm-hmm. And then what you're looking at, like, 
yeah, I mean, the trust funders, the trust safarians, you know, they're coming in from all over the world, right? Japan, China, wherever the people are coming there because there is no party like it on earth, right? Mm -hmm. So if you can imagine an endless sprawl where you have 117 or 114 miles of streets, which is actually the layout plan. If you were to walk mm -hmm. the whole distance, it's like 112 miles if you're covering every street. And it's so enormous and so insane and so off the hook and yet so safe. You know, like I've never seen a fight. I mean, there's Thunderdome, the, 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 the club, the East Bay Rats, the fight club. They have as they the do documentary Thunderdome out there. Thunderdome. And the guys, you know, sometimes you'll see people ultimate fighting and you're like, it's fucking Burning Man. You're ultimate. You're bashing each other's faces. But hey, you know, that's, that's what they want to do. And uh, let's go, Sam. <laughs> what so, the fuck? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a real thing. This by the is way, that people the, do. Let's the, go yeah. get super stoned and fight each other. At yeah. the end of yeah. it, oh my at god! At the end of it, they have the burning man. They have the burn. They burn him in. Which where they they what, what? build this they build this gigantic wooden statue. Oh, okay. And I was about to walk the fuck out. Get, I was like, no. They get everyone in a safe distance away, and they light this thing on fire, and it's this giant, yeah. amazing thing that everyone's experiencing. So this is like industrial accidents at the entertainment level, meaning this is like industrial accidents for entertainment, right? It's unbelievable. And we were out there one time, and they did... So we didn't know what was going on, but they said, ah, I guess, you know, I mean, it's so big and so many things going on. You don't possibly, you can't see everything. Mm -hmm. It's impossible. Because there's like districts and stuff. Right? It's, like I've heard... it's a million things happening at once. Yeah, so the idea streets, that you're going like, to Well, you said something. 116 miles? Uh, 112 or 114 something yeah. like that. Yeah. Miles of streets That's, laid out. Look at the satellite. It's a, it's a neighborhood. I mean, if you yeah, they if you build up a neighborhood out of nothing. It's a city, nothing. man. Yeah. It's a city. You know, yeah. and it look becomes, a Google a picture of it from 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 the satellite. It looks like a like a giant fucking crop circle. It's a big like, pagan symbol. You know, it's, all, it's nuts, it's a man. Shit. Yeah. So then then when they burn a man and stuff like that, you know, it's industrial scale. I mean, 200 foot flames, or you know, it's real. It's very real. Mm -hmm. One time we were out there and they they we didn't know what was happening, but they were scheduling. They were going to do the biggest explosion ever at burning man just hold now, on hold on let's yeah let's rewind because like, someone had to the biggest yeah. explosion yeah. ever ever just ever at burning man with the biggest explosion at burning man yes. yeah just, okay not yeah. ever not ever ever would be like yeah a volcano that'd be like planet blows up okay <laughs> <laughs> not good we're gonna do it man okay. the biggest explosion <laughs> ever no sequel <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so so we're standing there you know at a sound camp which is actually uh, run by uh, Jeff who founded uh, monster.com okay and he's got people like Crystal Method out there playing on a hundred thousand sound <laughs> watt insane sound camp and we're standing there like setting some stuff up and it's you know not dark out yet and all of a sudden we see a flash off in the distance now it's miles right you can go out miles on perfectly flat that's where they sent land speed records we see this flash and i think either a plane crashed or a tanker blew up like a full-size track trailer tanker blew up that's how big it was and you see this this flash and this huge mushroom cloud of flame rising like a nuclear bomb Oh, over there, <laughs> you know, like hundreds of feet in the air, like, and we're like, holy shit. And you watch and you're looking at the ground and then there's this wave, the shock wave is like coughing it's up like the It's like the dust. beginning of Terminator 2. <laughs> and you're like, and you're like, <laughs> then Laura's on a chain Wow, man. And, holy shit. This sounds like, Tim, uh, I feel like you'd like See, you're going to go, man. No, I'm not. This is scary. <laughs> and everyone there is in a great mental state to see a nuclear oh, yeah. explosion and not panic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Nick, can you imagine this? Me and you go to I've freaking Burning Man. often talked about this. Now, Do a show from Burning Man. Uh, I thought you're not allowed to bring cameras or phones. or this Well, you're not supposed to, but everyone does. So, okay. You know, yeah. so, Sorry, Kevin. I believe in rules. Here's my only concern with it right now is that if I went, I'd have to go without my wife. 
um, which is not a concern at all. If you were to but go, you'd have to you, get divorced. <laughs> I'd probably have to get divorced first. Um, but if she were to go with me, the problem now is that the rich go. And when the rich go, they bring their RVs. And last year, from what I understand, uh, one of my friends was telling me that the RVs, they park their RVs this close away from each other so no one can squeeze by. And they make their own encircled like village where it's like it's the billionaires air camp. conditioned, all this stuff, like everything's catered. So you bring your own chef and stuff like that. My wife would want to stay there, and I yeah, can't see, I afford can get it. Down with that. <laughs> and I think it's kind of a. <laughs> I the think that's twenty. I think it's twenty grand. Is it twenty grand? That spot. Yeah, that's where the Zuckerberg. Dude, just those be there. So to, then you got to bring your own to, shit to be able to camp there. With yeah. Them. yeah. But then you got to bring your own RV and all your own food and stuff. So it's probably another ten grand. On well, top I think of they'll that. take care of the food and. stuff. Oh, will they do it? Yeah. Oh, interesting. And then there was an article. I think Wired did it. Kevin, you're fired. I need your. I need that money. Sorry. It was on the people that were working for them. Out there, and they were like, "Fuck this! I'll never do it again." Yeah, servicing a bunch of billionaires at Burning Man. Fuck this! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like that's terrible. It's, what's the point? Yeah. Um, I after the watching the documentary, I was like, I kind of want to go to this. You gotta go once. You gotta go. But once. you don't have to go for the whole time, by the way. They, no, they, you'll they be do blown shuttles now. Away, I'm sure I'll be blown away. They do shuttles now that they didn't used to before. You had to just kind of get yourself, but you can get shuttled in and out of it. Like on a day air? thing if you want like if you're like I don't want to do this I'm tired sorry I can't do this you can get out fast but that doesn't to. sound like it would get the real experience I think, that's getting I think the only way you could actually swing that because you can't predict traffic right? right you could be you could be stuck in eight hours on one road and not go anywhere it's happened to me a couple times but uh, the, the sure way in and out is you fly in and out you know because they got an helicopter. there's a fucking airport there Basically, yeah. Just but I did see airport. a plane crash there and it blew up, <laughs> you know, because it's high altitude, right? It's I should altitude. definitely, I should try it at least once. This sounds great. Nothing can go wrong. There's explosions you, that you actually feel the wave from. Planes crash. The biggest explosion of all fucking time. This sounds and great. It, and they, great and they, and got, yeah. they, they <laughs> ended all by lighting the, uh, a, statue, uh, a, a statue that they try to get bigger and bigger every year on fire. Yeah. I mean, I'm down with that. I yeah. like it as an idea. I also like looking and at all the Facebook everyone pictures. everyone is having sex with each other. Yeah, I know. And, and they're that's all what the stinky. pictures are good for. <laughs> yeah, no, they don't oh. stink because it's talc. It's not sand. It's talc. So everyone gets covered in this like light powder. And for some reason, you don't smell everyone like you really? do at a concert. Yeah, so you don't smell BO everywhere, which really? is amazing. It's not just because you smell so bad. It's not on the salt flats, them. though, right? No, it's not salt. It's talc. Talc. So it's literally like talc. This is where to get talc powder. I've never seen Tim so upset at a story. I just like, He's so I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> the pure one can't handle it. <laughs> Yeah. But let me, I'll, get, I'll give you a quick Burning Man story. Sure. Right? Please. Is, so we're walking around. I got a buddy of mine. He's an actor in L.A. He's in Spielberg's new series that's coming up uh, with, the, with the ETs and stuff. And a really good guy. We went to school together. He's like, okay, I'll go. You know, we go out there. And, and he's just completely blown away. He's like, I, I, I need to go meditate. You know, dude's like 6'5". He's huge. He's like, I, I need to go meditate, man. This is just like way overwhelming. So anyway, very shortly, we're walking around. We find, and it's only about like 114 degrees out. Only. And we find there's a cold sake bar, right? Like cold sake. And it's all being served by like these gorgeous girls that are all naked. So we're like, we are so going for sake right now. Right? <laughs> we go, You're starting to win me over. <laughs> and we're sitting there at the sake bar, right? And there's this little Japanese kid. And maybe he's like 17 or 18 or 20 something, you know, small kid. And he's red as a lobster. I mean, he's just absolutely unprepared. And we're like, dude, man, what happened to you? You know, he's like, and he's speaking Brooklyn English. And he's like, I, I just knew, you know, Burning Man. So I thought it was like a concert, you know. So I come out here, I get here. I'm like, it's not like a concert. Like, <laughs> he goes, but these people are great, man. And he's got all this shit. And he's like, people gave me this and people gave me this. And they gave me the sunscreen. And they gave me this. And he goes, I got nothing, but I got a Sharpie. And I'll write my name on you. You know, and we were like, hey, you know what? You need some of these too. And you need some of that. And we give him some stuff. And he's like, I can write my name in kanji on your arm, right? I'll, I'll, I'll write your name in kanji here, right? Mm -hmm. Now, at this one little bar where people are just drinking cold sake in the middle of the day, 
he does that and another guy's here he's like well i you know i'm i speak farsi man you want me to put your name in farsi right and so we had by the time everyone at this bar in the next like hour had their name written in about nine different languages and different alphabets you know mm -hmm. in chinese in it was it was an amazing thing in yeah. Arabic. You know, it was like it was like wow. You know, it, it, and that just happens. Like those things, you had all these people from all over the world. They all look like they're homeless at this moment. You yeah, know? and then you find out these are extraordinary minds. Like you, you'll never know who you're actually bumping into. And there's some incredible things that happen out there. It's kind of magical. You know? And and part of it is the mutual suffering. Mm -hmm. And make no mistake, <laughs> and it is suffering because it's so br brutal. But when it gets into this, is why all the best DJs in the world will go out there and love playing it. Because there's nothing like it when mm -hmm. everyone's when everyone's suffering together and then you let loose, it's like it, it's powerful. not like going to a concert. Yeah, it makes concerts look like romper room, man. Uh -huh. It's just a joke, you know. It's over the top. So Tim, there you go. We'll go and you'll sell your. You can sign. I, was, I mean, your as you're saying that, I was like, I'm okay. Naked women in. I get to write my name on people's arms. I'm double in, in. or boobs yeah. in on the naked oh, women. Right. He jumped in. Um, and it uh, it looks like the apocalypse. It looks like it actually looks uh, less like everyone's homeless and more like it does look like the Road Warrior. When you yeah. look at pictures of it, you're like, this is like a nice version of Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. So okay, and what's up with the hot. names? Like you get different names. Well, that's like what's you your know, name? I, I don't I don't do the apply name thing. You know, I feel like that was for the people who started a long time ago and yeah. started later. So I didn't feel you know quite like like I was hip enough to. Mm. But I think a lot of it is they don't they don't want to you know what's goes what you do there you don't want men, following you, know. you home right yeah and it's certainly you know if people are gonna let it down it's gonna happen there mm. more than I want to be called the oak the, the oak, oak. <laughs> something cool or the redwood the great redwood you know what I mean Tim because usually it's like moonbeam or stardust or something cool like that I just straight up want to be like I need to be a, a euphemism for my penis no yeah I like it I mean I'm totally into it we'll call yours. The giving tree. The, the giving tree? <laughs> the hedge. <laughs> I like all of this. This is really good. All right, so we're going tree. to Burning Man this No, year. I mean, no. Dude, you guys need to do a podcast from Burning Man. If you go to Burning Man, we'll go. We'll oh, go don't fucking, no. don't, don't do sign us up for that shit. Don't <laughs> sign Lord. us up for that shit. Jesus yeah, that's so Christ. scary. We and could that, bring all of, we just set this up because people do that shit. Like, they have, they're these art directors and set designers, these guys that it's their job normally to do this stuff. They'll spend two months with the crew and make like one of, the, one of the guys in the documentary made Wall Street he made like three different buildings in Wall Street and then they burned him down <laughs> it's fucking nuts symbolism yeah they, they put wild. a lot of energy in things they're gonna burn <laughs> <laughs> my um, god yeah, that's crazy this, see man. here's the thing and girls yeah. gorgeous good that's, lots of and they're beautiful. just not uninhibited they're uninhibited that's why I want to bring you know my wife, so that I don't get into any sort of trouble. I'm lying to you right now. I'm 100 lying to my <laughs> yeah. Tim, Tim just gave me the. You're trying to save yourself. Yeah. No, listen. Yeah. My friends are pretty like-minded to me, so I think the majority of my friends are like, "Fuck that. This does not sound like something I'd ever want to do." But then the few people I do know that go, I'm like, "Okay, you would go. You would be one of those people that go." But then you hear their stories, and you're like, "They're all like this, where they're just these crazy shit." They're like, "Dude, it changed my fucking life." And yeah. it's just, it made me see things differently. I'm mm -hmm. just like, I don't know if I need to see things that way. Like, <laughs> you're a changed person, man. Like, yeah, I like, my, I like the way I see things, man. I see things, <laughs> like, I'm happy. <laughs> I don't want to change. No, I mean, I think it's, it's one of those situations where, you know, it is, it's going to be what you need it to be. And I think a lot of people go out there and they're so stressed out and they just need that freeing experience of like, I can do anything right now. Like, the only thing anyone. that is holding me back from anything is myself so let's get rid of that with something and let's go be free for at least a few days it's, it's a pretty Disneyland, interesting concept. man 
They have fireworks. It's all good. I mean, it's going to cost you as much to go to Disneyland for a day as it will with Birdie Man for three days. So True. Yeah, but think about it. At Disneyland, what's the chance of one of those fireworks hitting you? <laughs> I like we said it like in the selling factor. It's like, <laughs> think about it. Oh you ever watch Saudi drift racing? <laughs> oh god, that's what we could do. Yeah. We could start Tokyo Drift. I like that. Yeah, we could start Fast and Furious mm-hmm. flat racing, and then awesome. burn it down. Yeah, Good burn, Lord. That, burn that, burn that rice racket down. That'd be amazing. So, Nick, Greg, yeah, I have a question for you. Yeah, is Burning Man a topic? I thought it might be there. I think it's it going to be like it already. Yeah, I think we should do that. That was just so because I can't wait for the headline and thumbnail. On that Look one. at how mad Kevin is because now he's got to go back and listen. There's a out, point Kevin. in that conversation where we deviate pretty hard from recycling. <laughs> from recycling. <laughs> so if you hear us talking about naked people at a sake bar, that's not the recycling portion of the, of the topic. Yeah, it was right when I asked what because I'm fascinated by people's like that have gone to Burning Man because yeah. to me there's something everybody who comes back says this that it changed their life and you gotta go. It's you can't, you know, it's impossible. There's certain things that are impossible to communicate, like a DMT trip. Right? You heard Joe Rogan. Wait, what's a DMT? Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Diamethyl trip to me. You, know? yeah, you can't communicate it. You know, you you, you got to do it. You're trying it or you're not, but you can read books. You can study it for 20 years and you can't comprehend the experience. Burning Man's like that. You you can read the books. You can look at the footage. But no matter what, no matter how you're hearing about it, uh, you're you're hearing about it through a small lens. Right. Like this. But the experience is like this. So the scale is incomprehensible. And that's what's so freaky. I mean, imagine pulling up to like the circus of the insane at night and for miles all you see is like insane circus the lights the neon the fires the this the people in fucking insane clothes 40 foot snails driving by you know big ducks that are rock concerts driving by that cost a million dollars to build the art see this is so weird because it's so many cool things it's like like, you sold me you're scaring me you sold me you're really scaring me it's like it's like living in Tim Burton's brain yeah okay okay, okay. right right. here's my question I can't remember if this was a certain section of it or from a friend's story he was telling me is there no money at Burning Man or is there just a section it's not supposed to be money okay the only thing you can buy at Burning Man is uh, coffee and ice to the best of my knowledge okay okay and then that's sold by you know by the organization and gotcha. beyond that it's supposed to be barter gotcha the idea. gotcha so you bring things to trade kind of thing yeah yeah that's gotcha. the idea but i think with time you get like when i first started to go there was more people really engaging that and and as time goes on it seems like there's more looky loose okay rather than participators sure know? sure sure in the beginning when they first started going out there it was like you couldn't go unless you participated you know you were doing some type of artistic something yeah, right? they have the rules else. right aren't there like five rules the original rules of like one is or like rule number five is everyone has to participate like everyone yeah. has to be ex- exchanged the barters i can't remember what yeah. one through five is but so, some of them are like everything has to be sustainable you have to whatever you bring in you have to bring out um leave no trace leave no trace is one of them yeah so it's i mean it's pretty fascinating what the core tenets of it are really really cool yeah it's basically like what would happen if you just shut down civil, like civilization we all had to just be equal and figure <laughs> it out and it's kind of an interesting concept, and that's why when I like whenever anyone says they've been to it, I'm always fascinated because it takes balls to put yourself in that environment for even an hour or not less. Not I mean, let alone three it's days. Rough. You need a vacation when you get back. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's rough. Like I watch a lot of documentaries about climbing K2, and I'm like, that seems hard too. But since I'm part of the climbing community, <laughs> ah, we will do it one day because um, it is the, it's one of the highest places. Yeah, yeah, ice picks. Wow, yes, Kevin. Um, wow. But I mean, I'm I'm just fascinated by something that takes that amount of energy to plan yeah. and then go out and execute because there is a part of all of us that like we just don't we're not challenged like that on a day to day basis, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't know. And I'm speaking from 
you know, what we've done in the last few months is like you don't know what you're capable of unless you challenge yourself on on that scale. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying like like what we did is this is like somebody our K2. In K2. Um, it's probably harder. No, <laughs> yeah, I'm joking. So. Um, but they've run out of coffee pods on K2. I tell, tell you what, you they what. don't do is they don't have that. I mean, their Walgreens is way closer than ours. <laughs> yeah. There's no sake on the way out. They freeze their nipples serving. off, unfortunately. Um, yeah. So I'm fascinated by it. One day we'll have to think about it, but it's not going to be. One day (laughs) we'll think about it. You know, it's just really kind of an ultimate counterculture expression. Really, it's an arts festival, and that's really Mm -hmm. what it is. You know, and people should see it for that that experience, and then they're going to come back different. I mean, I I, I walk down and I'm like, "Is this guy all right?" Yeah. yeah. Someone just sitting there like this, you know, and you go, "Hey, dude, you you okay?" But how much how much stuff do you bring with you when you when you go to this thing? Man, I got you know, I got the uh, 22 foot diameter tent dome. Okay, you know. so you come and like yeah, I'm set up. You got all. Like, you call it Thunderdome too. <laughs> no, is that why it all no. goes down? No, I saw it from Sid Gris. He's a big DJ. He runs a camp out there called Opulent Temple, and okay. he just had this tent. I was like, oh my god, that makes life so much easier. And then you got to sun shield it. You know, so there's a whole dialing in to learn. First year, just take an RV. Yeah, you know, and then you got the bathroom, you got the air conditioner, and all that. But so now I have this vision of you yeah. with the, your own little dome, and you're like a Moulin Rouge esque like <laughs> ringleader. <laughs> I, was gonna say, I was gonna say the same thing where he's like basically like every hour, like at a certain hour during the day, there's one hour where the master. Like comes out of his tent, and Lauren's just like, carried. it's like that scene from yeah, 300 where the Persian like, emperor is being carried by the guys on his gigantic throne with a thing that's going over his ear. Oh man, I wish that'd be I, uh, that next would be year. So we'll awesome. make it happen for you. We'll be your entourage. We'll that'd make sure that happens. Job. I have yeah. seen one where there was uh, about eight muscle muscle bound guys carrying this, these gorgeous uh, women on. On a pedestal like that, That's you know, hot. it was like it was a like a See. Queen of Sheba theme or something. They're oh, just I love Walking it. through and whips, right next to the giant snails and these guys, right next to the giant you know, uh, bodybuilding dudes. That's awesome. Hilarious. That is awesome. See, I, I would want to see that one. I mean, that's my problem is I'd want to see it and then immediately go back to my hotel where it's air conditioned and take a shower and just decompress for a while. <laughs> yeah. But like, that's the it whole point. It doesn't go that way. No, yeah. no, no, no it's way worse than that. Let's go and like dress as Star Trek people and act like we landed there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You'll see some. It'll, yeah. it'll, it'll be yeah. there. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Someone will be driving around in a Starship Enterprise or something. <laughs> it'll be there. You bet. The art cars is huge. You know. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's out. totally intimidating, though. Just hearing the it stories, is. I'm like, it I don't is. think I can hack it. <laughs> I don't know if I can do it. I don't it's think like I can an entire do city of beer. I burn. <coughs> I burn easy. Oh, you'd be dead, bro. <laughs> I drink a lot, like of the booze. <coughs> so if I saw that, then I'm going to dehydrate it already. Oh, you're yeah. You got to just pace it out. We'll have to get you on some sort of illicit substance instead of instead of booze. You'll have to start smoking weed. Okay. For this, you, I wait. Will. A minute, you live here and you don't. No. Wow. Yeah. Greg's not really like he doesn't have a. He, doesn't, he likes to drink. That's it. Yeah. Wow. I like yeah, I, I mean, like wings. <laughs> I got my vices, comic books and stuff, video games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. video yeah. games. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna finish with my topic. Okay, if you don't fine. mind. No, not at all. Um, Colin Moriarty's not here, Mm-mm. so somebody has to bring. Oh, okay. The intellectual. There you go. The glasses. The intellectual glasses. Pulling look. a call in there. And th- this hurts my eyes. I don't know why he does this. And then you look over here. So we're gonna talk, ladies and gentlemen, about a place near and dear to my heart. It's called Shakespeare's Pizza. It's in Columbia, Missouri. Many people know this. It opened in 1973, and it's been in the news lately. Now, the national news, perhaps not, but the Columbia news, but stick with me, all right? April 1st, no fooling, Hmm. they post this article. Downtown Shakespeare's pizza location slated for demolition. Now, what I will tell you, outsiders, and this is going to get to a broader topic, stick with me, is that Shakespeare's is like, 
the Columbia, Missouri restaurant. This is, like I said, 1973, this place opened right at the edge of campus, right in front of the journalism school. I can't tell you the number of pizza and slices I've eaten in there. You know what I mean? Whether it be I order and carry it out or what there. And that's not me. That's everybody who went to Mizzou has that. I'm, I know. I, I forgot I was doing this. I usually drink out of a Shakespeare's cup or a CJ's cup. I'm using a shake, uh, CJ's saying, man, cup. Tighten the screws is all I'm saying. Shut up, Nick. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> It went here and it just went down. <laughs> That's not gonna help the theories that I hate you. <laughs> that was the best. But no, that I mean, like, legitimately, you've seen if you see me with the clear cup and the green writing, it's a Shakespeare's cup. Anyone who's ever been to Shakespeare's has one of those cups. People will identify them, call them out in the comments if they just run into us. Like, it's a thing, right? This is a Columbia landmark. Mm-hmm. So they announced that it's getting demolished, right? I'll read you some of the story here. For decades, it has stood as a small but iconic building at the corner of 9th and Elm Streets, and now developers are gearing up to tear it down. By the way, this is Alicia over at uh, the Columbia Daily Tribune. Shakespeare's downtown location at 225 South 9th Street will move around the corner in late May in preparation for the building's demolition to make way for a multi-story structure with Shakespeare's as a ground floor tenant. So, not a clickbaity headline, but a scary headline when you read Mm -hmm. that, right? Mm -hmm. But what's happening is Shakespeare's, it's 1973. The building's being demolished. Mm-hmm. Shakespeare's the company will go to a, a building around the side while they build a multi-structured giant, not giant for Columbia, Missouri, high-rise standards, right. right, for things there. And so as the article will go on, right, Shakespeare's will be the ground floor tenant. And it'll basically, in theory, it's going to look like the old Shakespeare's building with high, the apartments yeah. on top of it. Uh the manager of Shakespeare's Kurt, of course, known as the big cheese there. He says, quote, we've taken 360 digital photos of the place. Basically, we're doing everything we can possibly do to just shy of numbering the bricks and taking it apart piece by piece. So the plan is to respect the tradition here, Mm -hmm. respect the, probably the facade, make it look the same outside, make it look the same on the inside, but build all this stuff out. Right. Uh I flip out about this. I immediately take to Twitter and I say something like, this is the worst news I've ever heard. And I had a doctor break the news that I have cancer to me. You know what I mean? Like, this is like... Way to make light of cancer, Greg. Hey, I'm allowed... Across I, America. I, I had cancer. I can say what I want about That's it. That's fair enough. Uh, and I, I, this is a bigger news story than when I had cancer. <laughs> this affects more people. And so, <laughs> this happens. I make that tweet. It gets put in the Kansas City Star in their roundup of basically people overreacting about Shakespeare's. <laughs> the building being demolished. And kids are... Kids on the Twitter, our fans, our best friends here, are tweeting me. And they're like... I don't really get it. Like the people aren't losing their jobs. No one's going to lose a job in this. They're moving it around. They're going to rebuild it. And I had to keep saying, well, it's not that they're, they're rebuilding it or not. It's that they're just demolishing that building. I'll never have the memory of eating, you know, pizza there with Kyle Coppice ever like way too often during lunches and this, that, and the other, and all these stupid things like Kyle Coppice, that son of a, all the memories I have about (laughs) it. You know what I mean? Like that's not my Shakespeare's Mm -hmm. because since I went to school there, Shakespeare's opened two more locations in Columbia, right? That you go into. And again, they're like the facsimile of Shakespeare's downtown. Mm -hmm. Like they're newer. They're nicer. They try to make them look like it, but it's still like not my Mm -hmm. Shakespeare's. I don't like when they feel like a, like a, a, a TGI Fridays where you're like, it's exactly the same. Yeah. On yeah. purpose. And you're like, whoa, there's like the same pictures like, and shit. Like, that's weird. Tokyo. Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's still the same boat. Greg, so, this, is, this is a little too soon for me. Just in general. Yeah. Because oh, your you pizza place. I had a recent right. loss in the family. Right. Where my favorite pizza place in yours literally. What? Burned down? What? Yeah. Just fucking with you. Go. Just go. Keep going. Sabaros is gone too now. I don't yeah. like Sabaros though. Sabaros literally blew up when right. a car. Right into the gas main. Yeah, really. And but what a way to go! What a way to go! Out in uh, San Bruno. No oh, shit. Right by San. Yeah. Yeah, you can still drive. We right drove past it yesterday. Yeah. 
And it's just fucking exploded. Was there people in there? No, everyone's fine. Jesus. A fun aside yeah. to that story is the fact that Alexa Ray, you know, Mitch's girlfriend, of course, GameSpot, friend of the show and kind of funny, she tweeted the other day a conversation between her and Mitch on the phone where she was like, I'm sick, I'm going to order a pizza. And then it was like, oh, yeah, I forgot my my pizza place burned down. I was yeah. like, oh, I know, where you, I know where you ordered your pizza. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It didn't just burned out. It exploded. Yeah, I think that's what she said. Maybe. Um, But yesterday I went to get some for the first time since then at their other location and it's just it's not the same sure and it just mm-mm. well that's the thing about Shakespeare's is like this, down, if, this could be urban legend but I'm pretty sure it's not that they never turn off their ovens they just let them go at all times because they want it to be that hot because like it's down to a science Shakespeare's pizza tastes a certain way and what they had said is like when they opened the new locations, it took something like nine months to a year to make the pizzas taste the same coming out of that oven, like to get that oven broken mm-hmm. and do all this different is stuff. It a, uh, is it one of the traditional ovens that like is a conveyor belt or is it like a wood No, burning? no, no. It's one you open it and you put oh, the Oh, the big dog like cast iron yeah, ovens. Yeah, like yeah. giant ones. I think it was just Yeah, I mean, you'll get – there is there, – there are those people that will think about like like they like cooks will tell you like their, so their pans have yeah. that sort of flavor to them. Similar to the ovens where like – so much of the like the molecules have been burnt off into there that it bakes like a certain flavor profile into all the crust and things right. like that. Um, now, you're still gonna get that though. You still got the oven. That's neither here nor there. Yes, <coughs> I, again, I don't think them moving the pizzas will taste different. It's just their demolishing my shakes. I'm not even to the, the thrust of my topic yet. Okay. This is just setting up what happens. This is the April 1st article. Oh my God, they're demolishing Shakespeare's. I tweet out the the Mizzou Nation tweets out their anger about this. Right. In base the basic message is. I hope they change their mind. I hope they see everyone's upset about this, that the dumb, dumpy building that I'm sure could be a million times better if they did it means something to us nostalgia-wise in terms of what Columbia and what Mizzou is and da-da-da-da. I hope the people who own the building see this. They, they change their mind. Here's where we go. Here's where things go get interesting. This is again from the Columbia Daily Tribune. This one from Caitlin. Uh, this is uh, six days later, April 7th. Proposed demolition moratorium may halt Shakespeare's downtown project. Prompted by public outcry over the planned demolition of Shakespeare's Pizza downtown, the Columbia City Council added a bill to its agenda Monday night to put a six-month moratorium on demolition demolition of downtown buildings in historic areas. The proposal, added to the agenda by a 4-2 vote, would delay processing demolition permit applications for down, down, downtown structures in areas included in the National Register of Historic Places, located at 9th and Elm Streets. Shakespeare's downtown location is included in that area and would be protected from demolition. demolition. This pisses me the fuck off. Why? Isn't that what you wanted? No, I don't want that. Like, first off, they demolish Shakespeare's no matter, and they build a new one. It'll be fine. I know that. It won't be my Shakespeare's. No big deal. I wanted the owner of the building, the private owner of the building. Because, again, Shakespeare's doesn't own the building. Shakespeare's uh, rents it from someone. Yeah, they rent it from someone. Exactly. I wanted the owner of Shakespeare's to realize what he had and change his mind. I do not, under any circumstance, want the Columbia City Council to step in and say, all right, private business. No. You don't get to do that with your building. And so this is what I'm talk what I want to talk about. I want to mm. talk about how much control do you think yeah, but the, city government should have on a private business? The problem is this though, do you know that it's a privately owned building or is it owned by a property management company that was then that is not a person? Did the guy sell it a long time ago? You see what I'm saying? Because that would make a difference. If if he <laughs> did, the then this, if he did, then the city, I want to give you the right information. The city's Check only recourse files. would be to say we have to put, we have to make it, this a statute. Now, Otherwise, they're just going to do whatever they want because they have the, the, the state's not allowed really to come in unless it's deemed a historic. When property. was the building built? Uh, mm, that's a good question. And it's brick, How much right? pizza was sold? If Lots it's brick, high ceiling. It is bricks. No, it's, no, low ceilings. Okay, tear it down. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, but that's but that's a legitimate concern. Those high ceilings, man, don't touch that shit. You know, that's a legitimate concern though, because a lot of those old brick buildings, like the they, uh, there's a famous one down in L.A. It's an Italian restaurant that I can't remember, but they have to come in and have to do a lot of. Uh, retrofitting to yeah. get those to be fire code. Otherwise, yeah. the building in the or building's fire code. It's been open so since nineteen seventy. Earthquake. earthquake code, yeah. which There's in no Colombia you don't necessarily need to worry about. But yeah, in LA, like you yeah. go into it, go into any brick building that's legitimately like freestanding brick building. And there's cross members put yeah. everywhere, steel things, well, here like too. big things. Yeah, here, here too. Uh, that's a good point. Um, but yeah, brick, brick, not the best way to build a building. Just FYI. Like, yeah. Yeah, they, back in the day, they really didn't. They didn't plan those too 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 properly. I you lost know. my place in the '94 quake. Did you? Well, it was in my apartment. Yeah, I had a rent control apartment. That's what. Ah, oh, that's the worst. When I had a three bedroom rent control apartment that I was paying nothing for in Studio City, it was like uh, nothing was going to get me out of there, you know. But the quake did. <laughs> Shit, <laughs> I have, took uh, that building out. Yeah, I'm one, <laughs> I'm one of those. It. I'm one of those uh, schmucks that has earthquake insurance. Yeah, well, I did too. Yeah. And uh, well, did I it had cover? apartment insurance, but yeah. I couldn't believe it. I actually got a check from FEMA. Really? Yeah, FEMA was like, "Oh, you're a victim." Okay, here. I, had I was to, like, "No way!" Yeah, wow. I got. Wow. I, got I thought FEMA, FEMA was like, you know, was some real the shit. Dark side. I guess yeah. that is real. Here shit, we go. No, um, yeah, it was real. I got earthquake insurance, and the guy was like, "I have to sell you. Like, I want to sell you a fire insurance policy as well." And I was like, "I mean, I got. I. I. When it comes to those things, I get really scared, so I buy all of them and end up spending way too much money on insurance. But they said that because." A lot of people's houses don't get destroyed by the earthquakes. What happens is a fire starts, and the fire will burn your house down. Mm-hmm. And you're like, and then the earthquake insurance won't cover it because they're like, no, technically it's fire right. damage. Right. And you're like, well, that's, that's shit. That's some bullshit. Or the yeah, sprinklers right. go off, and then it's water damage. And you're like, but <laughs> come on. We're meant to, but the insurance companies are shitheads. Don't, yeah. don't deal with them if you don't have to. Um, I don't know, Greg. That's interesting. I mean, you're part of – you're part of uh, you basically just cost someone a lot of money because of that tweet. About no, you. I didn't. It was already there, and they should have known it was coming. Obviously, they should have. Uh, it seems like it was your fault. Yeah. Well, I don't yeah. care. I'll take it. I, but that's the thing is, I've made. I, if I did, I did contribute to it. Obviously, they all saw my tweet and understood they had to change things. But it, like, I don't want them changing it this way. I, you know what I mean? Someone related this to cancer. So what was your next? So what was your next tweet? Ah, here it is. See, yeah, it's it's not. It's owned by the Odell brothers and the Raider family, which I assume means it's you know just that they broke in a marriage. That's how it works. Right. So it's not. It's privately held by a family. Okay. So that's the thing. And yeah, now, so they were probably like, "Hey, we want to get rid of this building." No, wait a minute. That's got high ceilings. <laughs> well, well, I mean, it's not like vaulted ceilings. No, but they're you know ten plus feet. That's real. It's not like New England old uh, you know seven. There you go. That's ceilings. what I mean. That's a no, better. That's pretty view. high ceilings, Greg. I mean, your idea I, of high ceilings. So, I guess we all have. I mean, it's one floor. I didn't they know. They got the tin roof. The yeah, old like, that's a really roof. pretty building. I know, right? That's unfortunate. And it's going to be gone. See, now See, I'm all for the historic, the brick, the old, the mm-hmm. warehouse. Right, I mean, right, I right, love right, it. Right. I think it's the best aesthetic. When you redo it, you know, I'm all for mm-hmm. it, right? And but I'm not all for like, oh, we can't turn down that. Chi- we can't turn down that Chinese food place because it's been here since you know 1910. And you're like, it's a shitty place with a shitty sign. It's always been that way. And now you're labeling a historic monument. And now any, no one can improve this area. Right. It, like that called, shit happens. Yeah, it's called progress, everyone. <laughs> and the thing about <laughs> yeah. those, they're talking about in historic areas. I'm just rereading everything here as I go, right? That, that you know, that'll, uh, a moratorium on demolition of downtown buildings in historic areas. That is totally bullshit because, like, all around Shakespeare, shit has been demolished and rebuilt. It's not like... This is some pristine, like, walk back to 1973 or 6 or whatever. It's mm-hmm. like, no. Shakespeare's is now one of, like, the last rickety-looking build. Not even rickety. It's a nice building. You know what I mean? It's the last building there with character. That, that building, isn't. yeah, but it looks like it was built, like, really early, like, 40s or 50s would be my guess on that brick. Like, I don't know. Because you said it was 70s, but I don't think well, that's it's That's when they, Shakespeare's opened. I'm oh, not, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's not a 70s. That's That looks like it's older architecture. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because they don't now, build. Now, that, that does not look worth preserving. 
Again, it's it's. Wait a minute. Yeah, you know, maybe it kind of is. I mean, look at it; it's maybe. kind of a classic. I mean, yeah. it's classic for they sure. They don't make yeah. buildings like that. There's a whole part of there's a whole part of Orange County. Yeah, uh, Orange County. Uh, that they it, it is a historic district because all of the houses are like old school Orange County, and there's parts of LA that are like that too. And you, it's nice to do that. It's nice to preserve those. Having said that, I like what they do in San Francisco, where they'll preserve a portion of the building. But they'll like a lot of the times they'll preserve the facade of it, the original brick facade. But then they'll build something around it, like Dolby's facility or something. It's yeah, amazing, which is awesome. Um, or there's an auto desk has done it with a few that are old warehouses, and then they have certain tricks of glass on the outside. Yeah, like they're combining it. You know, you see a lot of it in Europe and England. Beautiful ways to do it. When they go, no, you can't change anything. It's kind of like progress. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. You, and you got to just kind of <laughs> get over it, right? Because my. Like that building, I don't know. Like I know it's probably a lot more expensive than to just demolish the entire block and build from new. But like I do like this is a part of San Francisco developers that come in and say we're just gonna build on top of it. Like you're still gonna have sort of some of the existing structure, but oftentimes the problem is when these guys build things, they'll go in and look at the foundation and it's just cracked to shit mm-hmm. and it's bad. And like mm-hmm. to build anything on top of it would be structurally unsound. Mm-hmm. So you just can't do it. You got to demolish, pour all new foundation, and go from there. So still looking for how big. old the building itself is. It's here on the demolition application. Is the building or structure to be demolished more than 50 years old? Yes. Yeah. Is the building structure in a historic district, is it a landmark, or has it otherwise been recognized as historically significant? No, is what has been checked on mm. the application. Mm. But it's the best pizza. <laughs> it is. Well, that's 100% correct. <laughs> Clearly, the standards are just... So that's the thing. Is like That's what I'm saying. Is It feels like knee-jerk reaction from local politicians to the nostalgia of... It's not not I mean not to mention Columbia citizens, but also you know alumni of Mizzou or whatever. I want I I'm it was one of those things where I went from being jokingly up not jokingly but like oh that sucks they're gonna demolish Shakespeare's but whatever it'll still be Shakespeare's to like now legitimately upset that they're trying to stand in the way of these people. I don't think they should do this. Private business should be okay. It, I feel like they're trying to change. They're putting this moratorium on it probably to set some freaking rules up to call to deem Shakespeare's historic to protect it that way. It's a bunch of bureaucratic stuff. I don't like it one bit. This city council's <laughs> too big for its britches, Lauren. <laughs> I hear you. So I'm just happy for Shakespeare's. It sounds like they're gonna make a lot of money from this shit because now it's like they're fucking making headlines and stuff, and now it's a national monument and all this stuff. It's like I mean Shakespeare's prints money hand over. Yeah, but it's the most successful local business in Columbia, Missouri. That's great, but I feel bad for the people that own the building because right now they're. I don't know, like I don't know the laws or legality of how you can sell a historic landmark, and there might be some zoning. I I don't know this for sure, but there might be some. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some sort of weird regulation that says they have to sell it to the state. Which is might be okay because they might buy it for top dollar, but I don't know. That's really weird. Like that's been happening a lot lately. Yeah, I mean, like if you want to sell it to a private developer, it's it's whatever you negotiate the price for, and they can do whatever the hell they want with it. But like when it becomes a historic landmark, there there might be some very interesting like sh- like loopholes you have to jump or loops or hoops you have to jump through on that. I will say this, Greg. Yes, please do. About three months ago, they closed a place that was near and dear to my heart. Now, it wasn't because Taco it was a historic Bell. landmark, but if I could have gotten a historic landmark status, I would have. Yeah. All-Star Donuts on Chestnut Street. Well, of course. And <laughs> Well, of course. <laughs> the reason this place is so iconic was, A, it was one of the best donuts in the city, hands down. B, open 24 hours a day. Wait, it's gone? Gone. The one on Chestnut? Gone. The sign's still there, which is the saddest thing, because the sign remains there unlit all, all day, every day, all night. It's like night. a tombstone. And it's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> and they're gonna, you know what the shit thing is? Because the like the association on Chestnut Street sucks. Because there's, you know, every neighborhood has associations where they yeah. get to vote what comes in. And oftentimes the only places that can afford it now are uh, big corporate chain stores. Which prior to like I don't know, maybe ten years ago, you weren't even allowed to have. Like mm-hmm. Apple being on that street is amazing to me that they even got that space. Now there's a Nike store. Now there's all this other stuff like in that neighborhood. Um, 
But yeah, what happened was their lease was finally up. And they went to renegotiate, and they asked for something so astronomical. The donut store was like, "We can't cover that. Sorry, like we got to go," and they had to leave. And now it's they're putting something else in there, which I'm sure will be another delicatessen bakery that'll sit there for about a six, about a year before the owner goes, "Well, shit, we are not making any money on this, and we gotta we gotta close this down." And then Let's eventually, apps. And then they what's go do that? that? Then they go make apps. Yeah, then they'll go make apps. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I want is, I mean, it, it sucks because you literally like this thing was a staple for me in the city. Like we would party in the marina, we'd go get a donut. Or whatever the hell you wanted to make, you should make a sanguine, all that stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were good donuts, and it's apple fritters were good there. Because if I could have gotten that historic status, mm-hmm. I totally would have. Because mm-hmm. it's also one of those old school buildings. You can tell that's like that's a, a building that was made when this neighborhood was formed. So here's uh, the area I'm excited about is uh, Dog Patch. Mm. So if you take mm. that historic district, and if they don't knock it down, and I think they're they now have all the ordinances to rebuild it, mm-hmm. they've got the permissions to redo it. But now you've got hundreds of thousands of square feet of old. Some of these buildings are built in the eighteen thirties and forties, yeah. right? The big amazing old, yeah. ship, the biggest shipyard of old historic buildings grouped together west of the Mississippi. Interesting. Right? And <laughs> I've been down there because I'm trying to figure out what they're going to do and, and hopefully, you know, coordinate some plans with it. But finding that old warehouse-like living space is so impossible, mm-hmm. right? But it's a gorgeous aesthetic. You can't yeah. redo it. I mean, I live in a house that's got reclaimed wood. It's post and beam. It, feel, it feels like that way. You know, it's hard to do, right? There's only so much of it out there. You get into different things. But if you can get into a warehouse where it was built a couple hundred years ago or if it's re- earthquake reinforced but using wood beams on bridge structures, wow, it mm-hmm. just is like layering on the gorgeousness. You yeah, know? yeah. The, the, you can't build like that anymore. You can't cut beams like that anymore. You know, there's a beams lot- that are like, you just can't, it's, they don't do it. We're in a similar situation. A lot of people always ask us, like, man, how did you find the one castle in in San Francisco mm-hmm. with these bricks yeah. back here? We had to look for it, actually. It, it was hard. And we <laughs> looked specifically. We put an ad in there that said, if you have uh, a room for rent in your castle, in your Scottish castle, um, let us shoot there. The more it looks like Highlander, the better. i a castle, but I really like it. <laughs> what do you think it is? What do you think We should do a little fake, what do they call it, the arrow, where you can shoot the arrows out of it? Traps. Uh, no. The turrets, uh, you know what I mean. The holes, the, the, the windows they cut, so like the, the little yeah. glass windows. Yeah, 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 a fake yeah. one. We should do a real one. It'll be good to protect the moat. Oh. <laughs> yeah, this is why we like it. I always love. I always love. I always love the O. The O of. Uh, See, this is what you can do for people stealing the garbage. Exactly. Pour boiling oil. On I like this. Whenever, whenever we bring <laughs> somebody somewhere. who's watched this show into this room for the first time, the oh, yeah, it's this is really small. Much bigger on camera. That's that's fortunate though for you. I hope I hope that works out for yeah, you. There was some really too. cool stuff happening uh, when we go to E3. We we used to stay in Airbnbs, and I and I stayed in an Airbnb that was it was an old like textile warehouse, mm-hmm. and they and they had long rows. Of yeah, it's yeah. it's weird. And they came in and obviously built. They had to build all the infrastructure, and they made it into co- like condos. Yeah, that were some were like studios, some were like two bedrooms, stuff yeah. like that. But it's just cool what like what you can do when you've got that space. So I don't know. Um, I'm also very partial to warehouses because all, in the movies, all the cool stuff, interesting stuff happens yeah. in warehouses. Yeah. Most definitely. of the, uh, yeah. That's where all the stuff's dealt out. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of good scenes from Breaking Bad happen in warehouses. <laughs> you store things. There. Well, they're untouchable. I saw them first. I really got turned on to it. I mean, A, I grew up in New England. So mm-hmm. there was a lot of, uh, you know, fishing villages type of things where there was still old shipyards and stuff. And that was interesting. But going to school in New York in the 80s uh, and seeing Soho. Mm. was like wow that was the first time i saw artists had studios and their own gallery or they had the space and they got there early when it was still when i was working there it was still scary at night now it's untouchable you know yeah, you, yeah. You know, yeah like yeah. a loft will cost you know thanks giuliani a big loft yes 
You know, it's weird because for a fascist, he actually cleaned up the city, which was kind of scary to me. I was like, this guy's such a prick, but the city's better. What happened to all those homeless people? No one knew, and that was really scary. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought it was cool when you see those old lofts, right? They're, they're just big open spaces, and they'd have the big freight elevators, and you'd see movies where people would ride oh, yeah, their yeah. motorcycle onto the freight and elevator. That's what I'm talking and about. And just ride it up and then park it in your house. Yeah. Like, you know, that yeah. was just always cool to me. Like, uh, that's necessary. Necessary. There was you, one. Uh, you ever see Diva, the movie Diva? No. The French movie? Oh, it's great. It's got one. I'll check it out. Uh, the, the one that comes to mind, obviously, it's not an old 80s movie, but for some reason, the Tron Legacy popped in my brain because he had, like, mm -hmm. a warehouse-style apartment that he could just ride up the dock onto and park his motorcycle and, like, open the roll door. And it was just, like, that was his apartment. I'm like, mm -hmm. that's awesome. I want something like that. But in San Francisco, it would cost you about 10 mil. <laughs> like, not that much. It would cost yeah. you maybe, no, like, maybe, like, $2 million maybe to get, like, oh, a big loft. Steel. Basically. Yeah. That's entry, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, small. I'm mean, talking, like, you know, studio yeah. loft. Yeah. So, it's too crazy. But, I don't know. I think... Uh, it's, I, I mean, the, the real estate market up here is insane. All the way, all up and down the peninsula, all up in, in, into the. But I don't see it changing. It's not going to. You it's know? just going to keep going Until up. Until like another internet bubble burst. Yeah, like but the developers was, can't afford that stuff. But that's not going to happen. The sure. problem was even though even when it burst in 08 and like what he's the period he's talking about, everywhere else in the country dropped down to the bottom. San Francisco, like me. It did. But I mean, I, I got to live in that awesome high rise. Like I mean, it did. It, you know, there was a change for sure. That that's true, and a lot of places. Uh, uh, couldn't develop so there was a lot of development like uh that had to halt um but i mean it took i mean the rest of the country is still catching up sure we're, sure, we're building sure. Yeah, twitter we're, buildings for yeah, twitter right, right, right now right, right, right. like oh you work at twitter here here's your building that you right. can live in right across the street right. from twitter it's like well, are you kidding me? you got oh you got all these companies you know i mean just take the slate right from from the tech from the chip companies yeah. to, mm -hmm. to uh, uh intel nvidia mm -hmm. and then you get into the gaming space you got the eas you got everybody else around and then you get into the film space you got pixar you got effects companies you got that yeah and then you get into you know the youtubes the googles mm. the facebooks the, kind of the twitters these yeah. are all already yeah. they're already public companies they've already gone through their burst right, right. now right, they're really right. just on the growth sustainability right well, not really sustainable, you know what I mean. <laughs> they're they're uh, on their trajectory of just make more, but they they're all just dominating more and more market share as they go. None are falling off the tree, right? And here we have a community where the whole world is interfacing basically through San Francisco. Mm -hmm. I mean, their wires aren't actually going there, but all the software they're using is sure. all the Square management, yeah. changing the world. Uber changing the world. Did Uber start here? I thought mm -hmm. it did, yeah. didn't it? So you've got like this this tech, aside from Port City. You know, like you've got these emergences of different things that are so tight and there's so little space. It's like, what's going to happen? And it's surrounded by hills, so you can only build. You know, I remember hearing Bob Hope tell, uh, like, there was young. I was reading books on the history of L.A., the music business, mm. and it was people saying, well, I asked Bob Hope. You know, I was a young, successful actor, and I asked Bob Hope, well, you know, how do I invest in L.A.? And they said, go to where the roads stop and start buying. Yeah. And it was like, that was their model That's smart. to buy L.A. It was like, just go to where the neighborhoods start and start buying, and eventually it's going to be worth something. And eventually you know? catch up, yeah. But unfortunately, you can't do that anymore here. Yeah. Because now all you all they can do is, like, they, they face the same problem they face in, like, places like Japan and Tokyo where they can you gotta just go up. up. Yeah. You can't build in out New York. anymore. Or you can try, I guess, to make fake land like they did with the marina, but, you yeah. know. I just got back from, Singa from Singapore, and they uh, and and it was a few miles bigger than the last time I was there. Really? And they call it reclaiming, which yeah. is interesting. Because yeah. what are you reclaiming? We're taking it back from the <laughs> you, water. You ever had it in the first place? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's actually, you know, quite interesting. I mean, that is a country is very interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, we could learn so much from what they do. But... Uh, uh, yeah, they they're just building more stuff. The hotel I was staying on was basically water. It was water last time I was there twenty years ago. Wow. Now it's you know one of the most insane, insane hotels in land. the world. Yeah. yeah, I mean you say the old the old adage for real estate is like you you know it's it's the best investment because you, God's not going to make any more land. 
right? Yeah. Like there's there's a finite amount of land and space that you can technically buy on. But I guess that's not true anymore. I guess we can start building out into <laughs> yeah. the ocean and seeping our – like, you know, uh, uh, draining our seas so we can well, that's make what more. you were talking before. Like, air rights became something. You know, I first – I was living in New York, and then they built a building next to us above a school. So there was a private school that decided to sell their air rights. And I sold – I think they sold the air rights for $14 million. And all they had to do was basically shut up, not get hit by shit that fell down, and let the school <laughs> build around them and over them. Mm-hmm. And literally, it became like this glass tower, enormous, but the private school was still – that same school underneath with some more support beams running through it and they got you know they sold those air rights for 14 million bucks yeah, Kevin let's crazy. sell some air rights <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah you're in alright yeah, good mm. ladies and gentlemen that's another episode of the game over Greggy show Lauren thank you so much for coming oh uh, it's my pleasure I love you guys Every, thanks for everybody, having me oh, thanks, it was our pleasure follow him his twitter's been popping up all the way over there if you're listening at home it's Lauren underscore landing by odd world support him he's making more He's being dodgy about what happens after. Please do. (laughs) (laughs) Please keep us in business. Yeah, no, it's our pleasure. You were great today. Thank you so much for hanging out. Actually, hey, it's my pleasure. It's great to be here. Ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't know, the Game Over Gregor Show is simple. Each and every week, four, sometimes five best friends gather around this table, each bringing a random topic of discussion for your amusement. If you like that, you can throw us a few bucks on patreon.com slash kindoffunny and get the episodes each and every week on Friday. If you don't want to give us any money, no big deal. Head over to youtube.com slash kindoffunny, where each topic is broken out day by day until we post the entire show. On Friday is an MP3 and, of course, a full-on video. Until next time, Tim's going to Burning Man. Oh, yes. 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 It's finally happening. Go. Spring break Go. forever. Spring Naked break. girls. Oh <laughs> sushi bars. No. Sake bars. Sake. <laughs> sushi I wouldn't bars. eat sushi bars <laughs> in, in the desert. Man. <laughs>